Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sporting 160 EN podcast, podcast number 100. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, I'm, of course, your guy, Danny, uh, joined by my man, Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I couldn't be any better. We did what we were supposed to do. We'll talk about it. We have we have our mentor, the creator of Sporting 160 with us, Juan Castro. So it's going to be a great podcast. I'm totally, totally, totally excited. Uh, I'm also going to, before passing it off to Joao, but I'm also going to introduce my man, Christian. Christian, what's good, bro? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, kind of feeling a little shitty after that Porto game today, but we have to remember, still 10 points, still feeling good. It's on us. doesn't have to do with other people. It's on us. Um, trying to convince myself of that also. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy and let's, let's get it. <laughs> Last but not least, joined by my man Sam. Sam, what's good, bro? Hundred episodes is a huge milestone, so I'm grateful to be here. Grateful everyone watching and everyone here, including Joao. And I won't take up any more of his time, so you can you can go ahead, him Nathaniel. And of course, last but not least, the creator of Sporting 160, the one that helped us merge in as Sporting 160 and um produced so much good for for our for our sporting community on twitter whether in portugal or abroad like us we're joined by joan castro joan how are you today sir hello good evening guys um, i appreciate the invitation sporting uh, is very important for uh, sporting issues around the world reaching this special number is special for for you and for us um, I hope you continue to carry the name of Sporting uh, to all countries that speak the language of Shakespeare. So <laughs> let's make a good show. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go straight into this Twitter questions. Uh, as always, let me just pull them up here on the screen really quickly. Starting off with, uh, of course, Jesse Silva at JM underscore Silva 22. Zhuang is rolling through. Can't miss it. Uh, next question, the actual question comes in from unknown underscore DG at DG unknown. Um, he asks, what are the chances Amurin leaves this summer? Zhuang, I'm going to pass that one right off to you. What are your thoughts? Um, no way. It is impossible <laughs> to Amurin leave Sporting. Uh, he has a clause of uh, 20 uh, million euros. So it's uh, it's impossible. And um, Amurin uh, loves Sporting. Uh, he, he said uh, a few weeks ago that uh, he's very happy here, and I don't know uh, how can uh, Amorim leave Sporting uh, next summer because Sporting um, could be in the Champions League, and for Ruben, um, for Amorim, is a great opportunity to um, to manage a team that will participate in the the most important competition around the world for clubs. Of course. So uh, Amorim, uh, stay with sport, stay at Sporting. Um, don't fuck away. He's, he stay <laughs> in Sporting. He's already he's already uh, prepared the next season. Um, saw uh, some players uh, to Sporting already. Uh, so it's it's impossible. Amorim, Amorim, um, don't leave Sporting. Sporting, don't uh, let Amorim leave Sporting. So. Um, don't don't fuck away. Amoring Amoring is uh, will be supporting for the next two three seasons. I hope so. I and I agree. 
but like uh, like our friend Con Murphy said, you know, Barcelona might be looking at a manager this time in the summer. So, but but I agree. Let's let's hope he stays here for for a very long time. Uh, next question again from from DG Unknown. He asks, "What are some players you want to see in a Spartan jersey?" Uh, Zhuang, I'm going to pass it again to you, just because you did mention Amuring um, uh, has already started planning for next season. Any names in particular that you're excited about that maybe might come to Sporting or that you want to see come to Sporting? Um, I, I don't know uh, the names. Uh, I know some uh, movements of Sporting to engage uh, some players, to know the conditions, the potential of these players to come to Sporting. So um, there are no names, for instance. But um, what I, I think that all uh, can say is um, with the success uh, of uh, Sporting this year, um, and Sporting already has um, a base team. Okay, so it's more easy to uh, more easy to uh, to uh, to make uh, a team for next season because we need uh, only one, two, three players because we already had a team last year is um, very different. Amring has to build a team for um, for scratches, and now uh, in next summer I think. Uh, Three players in maximum will be the um, uh, the target for uh, for Sporting, not more. Three players uh, um, could could be different if Sporting has to sell uh, one player, uh, Nuno Mendes, for instance, or uh, Pedro Gonçalves. Uh, is if um, if uh, this could happen in the next summer, okay, four players. Uh, but um, I think that. Uh, will only be free players for next summer to um, uh, that sporting will buy um, in the next market. I agree. I agree. Um, I cut off a bit, but I just want to throw out throw it out there. Even though he is linked to Porto, even more and more, stock you. I have to see that guy in, in sporting, especially being a Canadian. I'll throw it off to you three as well. If you guys want to throw in a, a quick name, Christian, anybody in particular you want to see at sporting? Uh, I mean, it's been kind of a recent conversation lately. Gold already have half his pass. Mm. I don't know if Fedens get relegated. Um, I don't know. Well, there's a chance he could be a free agent, right? If Fedens doesn't pick up his option. So he could be relatively easy to bring back to the club. That's all I'm saying. Um, I would say, um, uh, Messi. Yeah, and I would have them. <laughs> yeah. Scottish Messi, it's the same thing. How about how about you, Steph? <laughs> how about you, Steph? Yeah, I said Messi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I Messi. Said my bad. My bad. <laughs> right I said Ronaldo. Jokes aside, jokes aside um, I, I would love to see. Uh, I know it's a long shot, but uh, I would love to see uh, uh, CR7. Uh, Ronaldo come back at least for one season. I don't know if it's going to be next season or on the. Not yet. Years. It won't be next year yet. Maybe yeah, in like yeah. three years if, if we're lucky. I, that would be yeah. great. Uh, and now Ludim Davis is is done with Sporting. I don't think so. No, no. Yeah. it's impossible. Another yeah. another deal with Braga. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
you said uh, you said uh, Gold Ryan Gold yes uh, uh -huh. Gold um, o Sporting tem, eu vou falar em português para ser mais fácil de explicar, depois vocês podem traduzir até para ser mais fácil, mas o Sporting tem 50% numa futura de venda de Gaudi e tem direito de preferência, ok? Portanto, vocês hum. podem traduzir isso. E, portanto, o Sporting tem aqui uma... Ou seja, todo o negócio que irá acontecer sobre o Ryan Gold, e fala-se muito do Braga em querer o Ryan Gold, a verdade é que o Sporting vai ter que ter uma palavra a dizer. E, portanto, tendo uma palavra a dizer, estou um bocadinho mais tranquilo a confiar no Ruben Amorim, e, portanto, se Ruben Amorim quiser mesmo Ryan Gold, nós vamos ter essa possibilidade. Se Ruben Amorim não vir Ryan Gold como um, um plus, uma contratação que traga mais valias, vamos deixá-lo ir recebendo só 50% da, da, da transferência. Portanto, é um dossiê que temos que ter calma porque nós temos preferência sobre o jogador e temos 50% da futura vida. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like João was just saying, you know, we have 50% of his pass uh, and we have... Um... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Preference or first yeah, choice, yeah. I guess, in terms yeah. of a uh, in terms of a possible transfer. So if he does go to Braga, as being mentioned, uh, we would get 50% of it. But of course, we have first uh, we have the preference of it. So if if Amurin does choose to get gold, um, you know, we we probably will see him back in green and white. That's a good point, João. Uh, last question uh, from D. Sorry, go go go. Quanto custa o Ryan Gold? He's valued at like two and a half million right now. Sim, yes. But um, the numbers that uh, are in the market, four million. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Philippe. My Portuguese skills are unmatched. You should uh, hear how I try to say, uh, what was the word again? Escalões? Escalões. <laughs> I know. <laughs> next, uh, next, uh, or sorry, last question comes uh, from DG Unknown. Um, what are some things Sporting should do this summer to get better? Um, I mean, I think we mentioned it. You know, some players definitely coming in. Uh, it depends on who we sell. That's that's yes, the biggest thing. Yes. Depends I mean, guys. Also, if Pelinha is he's had yeah. a great season. He goes to the Euro, balls out at the Euro too. I yeah. don't know if we can keep him, to be honest, you know? So he's one yeah. to consider. I hadn't really thought so. I mean, I guess it was always in the back of my mind. He's got the he's got the connects to the super agent and all that. So I'm glad we got him for a season, if that's all it is. It, 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 you know, it, I'm glad he finally got to, like, live out his dream, play for Sporting First Team. He's been fantastic. I don't want him to leave, but yeah. I think it's very possible. It depends uh, because the Palinho will play, we hope, uh, champions. So um, it's important to see the offers that Palinho will have because if you want to play in champions, he stays in sporting. I think mm -hmm. so. Um, yeah. If uh, if you have a great opportunity to play in another club that plays in champions, okay, um, it will be difficult to. Um, to maintain Pelinha. Another another question that uh, that came here in chat was about the the Tiago Gaio. Um, Tiago Gaio uh, will be a free agent in uh, in summer, so it will be an opportunity for many clubs to to buy him uh, and sign him, um, and uh, will be could be um, a player in the the squad. Because we have uh, John Pereira, but John Pereira will retire in the end of season and come uh, at Sporting 
like um, could be a coach, uh, twenty-three coach, uh, B team, whatever, because um, Sporting will will get another right back, and uh, Thiago's guy could be uh, a possibility. But I think uh, Sporting uh, is looking for another type of player, okay, uh, more offensive. I don't know if Thiago's guy who can uh, uh, have the skills that um, we need in that position, like Poro. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Good, and, good uh, job, no more from Twitter, just, just one. I just want to say for Reggie Cannon oh. also, I'd take Cannon. Yeah. yeah. Give me that. American still. We need oh, another no. American. Cannon. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Agreed. He, he's balling out too at both these He's, I mean, one of their star, I know they've been so bad, but one of their star players there. I would not mind them at all. Uh, yeah, last one just from uh, Richard Nevs, you know, huge dub from the big boss man. Shout out to Robbie. Um, <laughs> let's go uh, straight into the uh, Purti Minis game. Uh, let me just throw up the lineup real quick. Uh, bear with me for a second. Uh, you know, of course, Spartan won 2-0, another home game. Uh, a big 2-0 win puts us uh, 10 points clear of Porto and now 15 points, saying that Befica tied yesterday against uh, Ryan Gold's foot um, Our starting 11 was as followed. Antonio Edan in net, Gonzalo Inácio, Coach, Fidal in the back line with uh, Nuno Minj and Pedro Porto as the wingbacks. Uh, midfield of João Mario and João Pelinha with Nuno Santos, Tiago Tomás and Pot up top. Uh, João, what were your thoughts on this uh, two, non, two nothing win? Okay, let me let me speak in Portuguese. It's more easy for me to explain. Um, aqui na Constituição, o Portimonense jogou com uma linha defensiva de 5 e não de 4, conforme está na imagem, que isto é retirado de uma, de uma plataforma, provavelmente, do soft score ou algo do género. Portanto, o, o Sporting, mais uma vez, é uma equipa muito consistente a nível defensiva, com muita segurança, conforme nós temos. Nós entramos bem a pressar alto, a pressionar alto e com agressividade. E, um, e o Portimonense tentou nos fechar as alas, ali tentou-nos tapar as alas, as subidas de Nuno Mendes e as subidas de Porro, com cinco, com cinco defesas, não é? Depois povoou bem o meio campo, mas o Sporting conseguiu sempre criar espaços. Uma das coisas importantes que convém ressalvar é o seguinte, o Portimonense estava à espera de Paulinho, Paulinho lesionou o Santos de jogo, como vocês sabem, não é? E portanto é. o Sporting jogou, conforme tu puseste ali bem, jogou com Pedro Gonçalves e com o Nuno Santos e Tiago Tomás. E, portanto, são dois jogadores que atacam bem a profundidade, o Tiago Tomás e o Nuno Santos. O que é que aconteceu? O, o Portimonense, ao tentar tapar o Sporting, que estava à espera de Paulinho mais fixo no meio, eh, teve sempre dois jogadores muito móveis, que foi o Tiago Tomás e o Nuno Santos, e tentaram defender a profundidade. Mas o Nuno Santos teve muitos espaços. Porquê? Porque quando o Sporting conseguia recuperar a, a bola muito rapidamente no meio-campo... Eh, por causa da pressão, conforme eu disse, intensa que o Sporting fez à saída de bola do Portimonense, a verdade é que o Nuno Santos, como não estava com a marcação eh, homem a homem, porque era um jogador que ia atacar a profundidade, teve vários passos e vários lances, e portanto vários lances saíram no Nuno Santos. E acho que o Sporting, mais uma vez, tem aquela solida, solidez defensiva, que quando marca um gol e marca primeiro, é muito difícil o adversário voltar ao jogo. Ok? So, um, eles tentaram... Um, 
fazer isso, adiar o golo, o Sporting marca, depois logo a seguir a pressão alta fez com que eles perdessem novamente a bola e Nuno Santos faz o 2-0. E o jogo ficou arrumado, eu acho que o Sporting é muito sólido defensivamente, é muito difícil uma equipa que esteja a perder contra o Sporting conseguir dar a volta e, e acho que o Sporting fez um jogo, não sendo brilhante, fez um jogo muito competente, outra vez através da solidão, da, da solidez defensiva, da sua atitude e, e da sua eficácia. E, portanto, é muito difícil ganhar ao Sporting quando isso acontece, quando nós metemos intensidade, metemos pressão e quando marcamos primeiro, qualquer equipa que venha jogar contra o Sporting depois tem dificuldade em sair da sua própria armadilha, apesar do Portimonense ter tido um ou dois lances mais perigosos. É verdade é que o Sporting é, é uma equipa muito eficaz, com muita solidez defensiva e, e o jogo ficou ganho ali na primeira parte. Concordo, exatamente. Um, just want a quickly, uh, a quick little shout, uh, shot at Porto. Sporting currently have less goals scored than Porto have penalties, which is a brilliant, uh, a brilliant stat line in my opinion. Sam, I haven't heard from you in a while, bro. My bad. What were your thoughts on today, on on uh, Saturday's game? Uh, I think it was one that we played quite well in the first half, but when it came to the second half, due to the weather conditions, and I'm not trying to use that uh, Arsenal fan TV, but it was raining, so it was a, a bit of a difficult one at the end there. But um, I think the concentration levels dropped a bit as well in the last sort of 15 minutes. You know, I think the lead was comfortable enough that we weren't too worried about it. But um, in terms of overall game, I thought Joel Polino and John Mario were fantastic. I know John Murray gets a, a bit of a stick for like not being creative, but you don't always need a creative midfielder. You need time to do like the simple passes, the backward passes. And I think he was just he was just on form, and I think that's what he was brought in to do by Amarim. But uh, as well, I'll give a shout out to uh, Inacio replacing Neto. Uh, was is it for the second straight game? I thought he came yeah. in was was uh, for his age, and I say the same for Nuno Mendes as well for their age, and even Thiago Tomas to an extent. To come in and perform and do I see you smiling down there Danny I see you waiting <laughs> my face is covered <laughs> but no um for, for their age and to perform the way they did you know I Tiago Thomas's end product is saying that I have a go in for but in terms of being like an engine and running up and down the pitch and never giving up he does that well and I, I can't fault him for that but I think again it was just a great team performance until sort of the the 60th or 70th minute And I started to see the quality drop off. The defense started to get a bit sleepy. But um, And at the end as well, uh, that Pedro Porra dive was fucking so bad. Like, all he has to do is shoot. And, like, it, it might hit the target. It might hit the post. It might go for a corner. But I felt like a dive was a bit of a stupid thing to do, especially given the time frame and the score. But um, in terms of overall game, I thought we played well. Um, but... If we need to play better than that against Porto, if we we want a result, and that that is what worried me in that game, it didn't really look like we were interested for the full ninety, and and I think we're going to need to be next week. Agreed. Agreed. How about you, Steph? I mean, I I totally agree with uh, uh, what uh, Juan Casa said and Sam as well. Um, uh, but I think we're forgetting about something very important, which was the weather condition. The pitch was very heavy. It didn't allow us to uh, control the ball, ball to have a good flow of the game. Uh, you could see the, the the ball getting stuck in the water. Um, at one point, Ruben Amorim, he kind of shout out to the players, don't pass to the goalie, um, because they train in a very specific way, uh, Sporting Club Portugal. So every day they train to control the ball, and all of a sudden we're asking them to play in a more direct form 
because of the weather condition. Even though the uh, Stade Zavalad, uh, the uh, the pitch was uh, holding pretty good in the second half, uh, when, like Sam said, we didn't play as well. Well, I'm going to blame it uh, a little bit on the on the pitch because it, it couldn't get rid of the water. Uh, it couldn't it wouldn't drain properly anymore. Uh, so at that point in time, you have to play the English way, uh, which is Ponte Pepa Frente. Which we didn't. We still we still controlled the ball. Um, so, but in a nutshell, we we did enough to win the game in a very poor condition. I think this is like the fifth game we play in similar conditions. Yes. Again, contra Portimonense. So we've been really we've been having really bad luck. Like today, Porto played, and uh, it was perfect condition. Um, so we we have we haven't been able to 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 play in a, in a, in a really good perfect pitch for for quite a few games now. So when we go play against the the, the Dragão, I hope it rains because I think we'll be more adjusted okay. to, to play in those conditions than than those Portis. So I think it, we will benefit from that. Uh, but jokes aside, uh, now this game I I, I never felt. And I've been feeling this way for a little while now. I never felt Sporting was going to lose the game. I, I felt very confident from the get-go, and uh, scoring an early goal and uh, and you know going to nil. Uh, it's very hard to score in Sporting when we up ahead. Um, and that would be interesting if we go to Dragão and we score early to see how how Porto behaves because uh, it'll be tough to score on us. And I think in the counterattack we could kill the game. So. Yeah. I think Ruben Amorim knows what he's doing. He'll prepare the team well. Our our secret weapon, everybody knows who it is, Jovan Cabral. Uh, for some reason, when he plays against Porto, he always scores a couple of goals. So I think Jovan Cabral will play in this game and he'll be our secret weapon and we'll win with uh, two goals from uh, Jovan Cabral for sure. Um, but coming back to Portimonense, just to wrap it up, uh, we played good enough to win. Uh, we don't have to to play pretty all the time to win games. Podemos ganhar por meio gol. I don't I don't care as long as we win. Um, but we're gonna have games like yesterday, like on Saturday, especially with the poor condition of, of the pitch. Uh, but you know, kudos to Ruben Amorim for the substitutions. Which when he saw it was they, they were needed because some players were exhausted. Right on the money with that, he's been doing a phenomenal job mixing the youth. And uh, the experience of the, the 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 veterans, and it's a good mix. Uh, and I hope he stays for many years, many many years. Um, even though he's as uh, he's a Olympian, uh, he's my favorite Olympian. Uh, he's doing a great great job at Sporting. And um, hey, that's all I got. Christian, uh, I'm quickly just going to – I think it was you on the chat that – on our group chat that said every time Spartan plays, it seems like there's rain. Uh, yeah. Speak on that, dude. What were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, yeah. I did notice that, and it is kind of getting annoying. I, although I will say I do think that we have managed it pretty well. Like, um, the Nacional game in particular, like, I remember we still – it didn't matter. We still created, like, 20 chances. We should have won, like, 6 nothing. Um, and that was probably the worst pitch out of all of them, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. yes. So yeah, yeah, we've I, we've managed that we've managed that well. Um, 
Uh, so kudos to them uh, because, yeah, it does feel like every single game it rains now. Um, but, yeah, yeah, like like everyone has said, um, you know, it was not, not our greatest game, but it was solid, solid enough. Um, we took advantage of their errors, and, you know, we basically put the, ga- the game to bed within, you know, a little five-minute window there. Um, I was actually – personally, I – was getting very frustrated at Nuno Santos up until the goal. Um, but I think okay. that with the goal and after the goal, he did play a lot better. Um, and he was probably one of the better ones out there. Um, Pot, um, I thought he was putting himself in dangerous positions and he constantly seemed like um, one of our greatest threats going forward. Um, I feel kind of bad for Thiago Tomas now, to be honest, um, just because he is kind of really thrust into that that center forward role. Um, there's no, really no alternative now other than, you know, a Jovan or if you, you go and get someone who's not really on the team, like someone from the B team, Luis Philippe, some, something like that. Um, Skogland. Um, so it's, it is predictable now a little bit what, what our attack is going to look like. Um, and I don't know, I guess it's up for debate what Thiago Tomas's best position actually even is, whether it's on the wing or as the, the center forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's – I know that not everyone not everyone loves him. I'm not included in those people. I don't love him, but I think he's been solid. He definitely he's, – he's still very young. Um, I don't know how legit those Arsenal rumors are. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel confident enough with him leading the line. Um, like Steph said – Jovan, I thought that we haven't seen the super sub in a couple games, to be honest. So I was kind of getting nervous that he was hurt again because he can't really play more than like 25 minutes without getting hurt. So that's the, the problem with Jovan is he has to come off the bench. Um, so he did come in in this game for the first time in, I think, two games. And he was uh, – I thought he was dangerous. He had one one good chance in his like, you know, 10 minutes, I, I guess, roughly 10, 15. I don't even remember when he came in. Um, and he had that one – that one he forced a good save out of the keeper. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good going into the Derby. I, we've, we haven't been, you know, world beaters by any stretch in any of these most recent games, but it's not like we're shit housing these games either. Um, like we kind of were in, in December, um, and maybe into January a little, but since then, I mean, these are just, just solid win after solid win, some with merit comeback or comeback win in there. Um, they're rolling. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, bring on the, the Dragon. <laughs> Agreed. Let me just quickly go over two little cases and uh, get your opinions on it. Uh, I'll throw up the image here quickly. Um, this is the first play that I can think of on the 58th minute. Um, I won't play the video just because I know how sportive it like to act. Um, yeah. Quach wins the ball. The referee does call a foul on, on uh, the Portimonense player. No yellow. To my knowledge, there was no yellow, no red. Do you think the referee or VAR should have interfered, João? What were your thoughts? Yes, of course. Um, VAR um, was created to to see these um, these events, these aggressions, and so uh, the VAR um, has to call the referee to to saw the 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 image because it's very uh, very important from the Portuguese player to. To reach the the player the, uh, the coates like that with the the foot the shooter, uh, so I, I think that um, in uh, England this uh, weekend uh, it was 
a similar a similar uh, image and the referee has the red card to the player give the red card to the player in portugal i don't know uh, <laughs> they are scared or afraid to 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 show red cards because uh, these um, this kind of play uh, the play could uh, put coats out for the rest of season okay so it's important to protect the players uh, the players are the, um, very important to the, to the game and uh, the, the players uh, if they are injured there will be no no show the best players injury no will be no show so i, I can understand what happened in the mind of the var and the referees to not uh, give a red card in this uh, in this kind of play I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I, I don't think there's anything else really to talk about. Just the save from Adan. I know you guys, I won't even show it. I know you guys are very aware of that. And, and well, any anything about that to you seems like a penalty at the time. Honestly, watching it at first, I thought maybe. Uh, but then watching the replay, it seemed like you got the ball first. I, I think we'd all agree with that, right? Yeah. Um, the only other thing, the only other real talking point on this game was what came beforehand, which uh, was, of course, the Paulinho injury. Today coming out that we're going to miss Pauline for four games. Um, John, I know you're pressed for time, but it's still a, a little quick question no. on that. Um, of course, you know, Paulinho not ha hasn't yet scored a goal. We have yet to see the best Paulinho at Sporting yet. Uh, but how much of a loss do you think Pauline will be for the next four or so games? Um, it will be very important because um, Paulinho brings um, another kind of option from uh, Hover and Mourinho. Uh, in the front. Uh, Paulinho is like Firmino, okay? Um, mm -hmm. He could play uh, the pivot play, uh, playmaker in the, the in the attacker because Paulinho uh, can give the chance to another player to, to score. Um, for instance, I think uh, with Paulinho, uh, Pedro Gonçalves will score more goals, uh, the other wing will score more goals, the midfields uh, like João Mario will score more goals, and uh, Paulinho has the, the capacity to um, get behind, um, get the ball, pass the ball, and uh, uh, when the ball is uh, is crossed to the area, Paulinho is there again because he is uh, very good in these moments. Without Paulinho, we, um, I, I agree with Christian, uh, like he said. Tiago Tomás is a great player, um, works uh, uh, very hard for the team. This position, uh, this position is not uh, easy to uh, play uh, a player like Tiago Tomás to, to play because Tiago Tomás looks uh, gosta de praticar um futebol mais de profundidade. Okay, um, in this role, it's difficult to to fight with um, center backs, big. Uh, tall center backs and uh, Pauling is another type of um, body. Um, so uh, Tiago Tomas uh, could give uh, Sporting uh, uh, more profundity, um, but we'll need uh, the player, a playmaker to player, um, so the the system, uh, armoring system, to work a hundred percent. Agora vou falar em português para ser mais fácil as pessoas perceberem. Que é o seguinte, um, ter um jogador como o Paulinho, e que parece muito como o Firmino, 
dá-nos dois tipos de futebol, que é a capacidade do Paulinho que tem em criar as oportunidades para os colegas, fazer apoios frontais para a equipa subir o bloco, subir todo o Sporting, e depois ele tem a capacidade, além de, de, de dar a bola aos colegas e proporcionar, porque o Paulinho tem um último passo muito bom, cruzamentos, e ele aparece na área, o que não acontecia com o Giovane, vocês viram nos primeiros jogos campeonatos, o Giovanni, quando jogava ali, ele vinha atrás, recuava, dava jogo, mas depois não tinha a capacidade de aparecer na área. E isto Paulinho tem. E Paulinho finaliza melhor que separar. Okay? Nós estamos aqui a comparar e Paulinho finaliza-se melhor que separar. Não tem tido muita sorte, realmente, Paulinho. Está-se a adaptar a um clube novo, a colegas novos. O sistema é igual, ele já conhece o Amorim, mas o sistema é igual. Então, ele adapta-se bem ao sistema, mas tem jogadores diferentes. Uma coisa é jogar com o Ricardo Horta não é? e com o Fran Sérgio. Outra coisa é jogar com o João Mário e jogar com o pote, tem que haver um período de adaptação. Depois temos que ver o lado pessoal, é mudar a vida dele de Braga para a capital, para Lisboa, não é? Trazer a família toda numa altura de confinamento, que é muito difícil, ou não conseguir trazer a família, em alguns casos, a família tem que ficar lá e, e, e estar longe. Portanto, temos que dar tempo ao tempo, acho que esta lesão, e eu, eu por acaso estava a contar muito com o Paulinho para o Dragão, Steph, eu estava a contar com o Paulinho para o Dragão, eu tinha um é pressentimento que o Paulinho se ia estrear no Dragão a marcar, claro. mas neste caso vai ter que ser outro jogador a marcar, mas eu estava a contar mesmo com o Paulinho para o Dragão, porque eu acho que ia dar muita mais luta aos centrais esportistas que são fortes fisicamente, estamos a falar do Novembro e do Pep, e, e isso ia desgastá-los muito, e depois quando nós fizéssemos a substituição, e para aqueles últimos minutos mais ou menos o que se passou na Taça da Liga, eu acho que entrar um Tiago Tomás com aquela velocidade, atacar a profundidade, os jogadores do Porto já cansados, acho que, era, acho que era, esse seria o plano de, de Ruben Amorim. Sendo assim, vamos ter que ir por outra maneira, Tiago Tomás vai ser o ponta-lança, Cristian, não tenho dúvidas que vai ser o ponta-lança, escolhido, até porque se tem adaptado muito bem, ele está a jogar muito melhor também como playmaker, está a evoluir nesse aspecto. Contra o, o Portimonense, é verdade, é que jogando ali, reparem, o, o Tiago Tomás, quantas oportunidades é que teve contra o Portimonense? Uma, não é? foi aquele cruzamento na direita que ele atira-se de carrinho e não chega à bola, certo? Yeah. É muito ingrato com um ponta-lança jogar no Sporting, porque realmente só tem para aí uma, duas oportunidades por jogo, não é? ao contrário yeah. de outros sistemas. Quem tem mais oportunidades? Nuno Santos? Paulo Apote. Pote. Portanto, para um avançado que vive de golos, ou é um avançado que tem estas características inerentes e que sabe que tem que, fazer, tem que trabalhar muito para a equipa e, e vai ter uma ou duas oportunidades e vai ter que marcar, porque não vai ter mais, para jogadores que não estão habituados a jogar nesta, neste sistema. Por exemplo, o Tiago Tomás, que agora está a ser construído, ainda é mais difícil, porque ele jogando à aula, se calhar tem mais oportunidades do que jogando aqui a ponta lança. Portanto, vai ter que trabalhar muito para a equipa. Nós temos também que ser compreensivos e perceber que, ele trabalha bastante para a equipa, com diagonais, com pressão, eh, com ataque à profundidade. Eh, e, portanto, temos que valorizar também, porque ele só tem 18 anos, não é? Não sei quem é que disse, acho que foi o Christian ou uh, o Steph. Eh, Gonçalo Inácio, eh, Nuno Mendes é júnior, Tiago Tomás é júnior. Uhum. E nós estamos a jogar com estes júniores e estamos à frente do campeonato. Portanto, temos que valorizar isto. Eh, mas para concluir, eh, referir que estava mesmo à espera que Paulinho jogasse no Dragão. Tinha uma forte feidade aqui a marcar. Não sendo assim, vamos ter que construir eh, os golos de outra forma. Eh, a lesão fala-se duas a quatro semanas, não é? Vamos esperar que seja só duas. Eh, provavelmente só regressará no final de março, pelo que eu sei. Eh, mas é esperar que recupere totalmente, porque eu acho que naquela fase final do campeonato, o Paulinho vai ser importante. Exatamente, concordo. E também é outra coisa jogar com, com não só a operação de, de jogar no Sporting com o preço de 13 milhões, mas como disseste já, e disseste bem, é mudar a vida toda para o Sporting e para a Lisboa. Um, 
anything else to add on this game, guys, or your thoughts on, on Paulinho before uh, asking uh, MVP of the match? Oh, Paulinho, uh, I'm going to be the optimistic one. Uh, it could come back uh, for the game of Tondela, hopefully. So um, it would miss only football football Cuport and the game against Santa Clara. So if he goes the four games like like Sam was saying, then he would miss Tondela and Guimarães as well. I, I kind of know our schedule by heart by now. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's be optimistic and let's hope he comes back uh, in um, the game at Tondela because I think he he got hurt on the um down the perna esquerda na coxa. So that's that's a fucked up injury. It takes a while to to heal. So that's why it's taking so long. Agreed. Agreed. Oh. Yeah, I actually um, read today in Record uh, that Ruben Amorim has actually had the same injury uh, as a player, and he was talking about it, and he said that it's one of those injuries where you kind of have to wait for it to heal fully before playing again. So I don't know what to make of that. I guess maybe that there's a, a greater chance that he'll miss four than be back sooner, or it's more likely. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. It doesn't matter. Um, or I guess it does matter, but we can't control it for the most recent game, or the next game at least. Um, but uh, Tiago Tumas in that Tasa de Liga game did kind of get swallowed up um, by Pep. And yeah. and then, honestly, when Sporada came in is when the game changed a little bit, um, even though he didn't, like, do anything. He just banged bodies with those guys better. So, yeah, obviously Ruben knows that. He knows that he has to go with Tomas this time. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they uh, there's a different uh, different outcome for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, I was actually going to mention... Yeah. Fala, fala. Sorry. Sim, sim, não. Não, deixa-me só dizer uma coisa que, que me parece também importante. O Sporting chegou onde chegou, sem Paulinho. Sim. Não temos que ter medo de jogar, assim, jogar com, com o Tiago Tomás, Pedro, Pedro Gonçalves, Nuno Santos, Giovanni. Nós chegamos onde chegamos, portanto, chegamos ali a, a, a janeiro, a meio, não é? Quando foi a contratação, ou final de janeiro. Não, final, foi mesmo final de janeiro. Portanto, nós chegamos a final de janeiro sem Paulinho. Portanto, temos que ter confiança nos que lá estavam antes de, de Paulinho. Não é preciso estar a chorar por Paulinho. Eu acho importante aquilo que, que referiste agora, que é, é uma lesão complicada se não for recuperada devidamente. Qual é a nossa vantagem? Nós só jogamos para o campeonato, portanto não temos aquela pressão de recuperar Paulinho rapidamente, porque senão os outros jogadores podem ter ali também uma fadiga muscular exagerada, não é? Vamos imaginar que estávamos nas competições europeias e na Taça de Portugal. Tínhamos aqui um jogo agora para a Taça de Portugal, depois tínhamos um jogo das competições europeias, e portanto Tiago Tomás ia-se desgastando e os jogadores iam-se desgastando, era pior. Como só jogamos para o campeonato, temos essa vantagem, Tiago Tomás tem toda a semana para recuperar e depois temos a possibilidade também de deixar Paulinho recuperar uh, a 100%. Acho que isso é importante salientar porque, um, mais do que tudo, é, o jogador tem que ser bem recuperado para, como eu disse, ponta final, vamos contar com o Golos Paulinho. Uh, I actually was worried that that was going to happen to Porto more this season, but, uh, you know, since he has the full week to recover, he's been able to just go every game and it really hasn't been um, a problem yet. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I would like to say about Tete I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's been working out. He looks a little bit bigger. That boy's jacked. <laughs> and that's good. Now it's it's it, 
enables him to to uh, work a little bit harder against center backs like Pep and stronger and taller center backs. So that's good. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, MVP of the match, man of the Atenção match. Que, Sorry. Atenção que aquilo que vocês estão a dizer é verdade. O Tiago Tomás uh, ganhou já muito cabedal, muito músculo. Ah, não é? ah. E posso-vos dizer que o Daniel Bragança também está a ganhar. Sim. Ou seja, se repararam no Daniel Bragança, um, vai muito mais ao choque. Vocês lembram-se perfeitamente, eu, eu vi vocês a comentarem isso no jogo de Barcelos. Tiago, o, o Daniel Bragança foi aos lances todos. Foi uma Oi. pressão constante. E nota-se que no choque está mais corpulento. Portanto, um, existe muito trabalho, e há que salientar esse trabalho que foi feito, também como foi feito com o Jovane, depois na altura, como também está a ser feito com outros jogadores. Mas uh, Tiago Tomás está a ganhar cabedal, está a ganhar músculo, e Daniel Bragança também. Portanto, isso é, é importante. Queria só referir isso. Vocês estavam a falar realmente da altura e tudo, concordo em absoluto, mas salientar o trabalho físico que está a ser efetuado nestes dois meninos. Yeah. Yep. Quando, quando, leva porada, quando ele leva a porada todo, cada jogo que passa, oh. he has to, you know? Yeah. He has to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man of the match. It was given to Pelinha. Another, another lights out performance from Pelinha. I think uh, it, it would be criminal at this point if he's not called up to the national team for the Euros. Um, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give it to, Paul, uh, to Pelinha. Sam, who, who is your man of the match? Uh, just to be a bit different, I'll go with Jean Mario. Good shot. How about you, Steph? I'm going to go with Bellinia with that amazing goal. I mean, that, that's, that's amazing. Uh, Bellinia all the way. Mm -hmm. Bellinia didn't score. Bellinia. He didn't score. Did he? No. 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 Oh, Fidel. Oh. Yeah, and Fidel. Never mind. My bad, no. um, my bad, my bad. I didn't mean to. I was just confused. You're thinking the last game. You're thinking my bad. Yeah, last game he scored. For, uh, it was duty. Yeah, for duty. Never mind. It's Pelinha still without the goal. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Christian? Yeah, I'm going to give it to, to the guy who was honestly low-key, just kind of, I thought, just staying in the starting lineup because there wasn't anyone else. Um, and now it seems like the other guy was actually the one that was starting in the lineup. And he's now lost his spot. Um, so I'm going to give it to Fidal. He, three assists and two goals this season. Um, guys, like, that's more assists than Jeremy Matthew had in his entire sporting career. I'm just throwing that out there. Fidal's been important. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he bagged his first goal finally. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to him. For sure. And his, pod, his interview podcasting for Spartans coming out tomorrow, another one I'm looking forward to. That'll so be a good one, yeah. That'll be He's, a good one. And honestly, his Spangle, his Porto, Porto what's the word I'm looking for? Portanhol is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's only been here for a few months, right? <laughs> yeah. How about you, João? Who's your man of the match? Uh, the man of the match is, was Antero. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 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 Now, uh, for me, uh, it was Palhinha. Uh, João Mario also did a great game. But um, Palhinha, and um, um, for me, uh, the key point of the season, uh, guys, uh, was the restatement of Palhinha, the comeback of Palhinha. Uh, Amorim managed and talked uh, to convince uh, the player to stay in the club. Um, that will be uh, 
possam ler to, to, to play from start 11, to, to reach the national team in summer. So, uh, for me, the, the creation of this midfield, Palhinha plus João Mário, was the key uh, moment of the season. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Yep. João, do you have five more minutes just to, for us to ask you some quick questions? Okay, not a problem. Sounds good. Sam, I'll start it off with you, dude. Sam. Uh, so my question was just, what made you think of creating Sporting 160 or what was the vision of it and how do you feel like you've progressed? Agora vou ter que responder em português. Um, qual foi a visão e como é que isto cresceu? Como é que isto desenvolveu? Foi essa a questão? Como a visão. Ok. Um, aqui a ideia foi uh, deixar de ver a TV, os comentadores da TV. Uh, a ideia passou muito por aí. Achei que falava-se muito de coisas à volta do futebol, mas pouco de bola de bola, como estamos a fazer aqui, não é? A ver os momentos do jogo, a falar quem foi o melhor jogador, quais foram os momentos da, da época e, portanto, na televisão falavam uh, somente de, de polémica, de arbitragens e pouco mais. Depois, eu acho que todos crescemos um bocado. Um, eu também cresci nos comentários, também fui fazendo, fui aprendendo com muitas coisas que via, fui lendo muito, fui feito, fui, fiz alguns cursos online de algumas coisas, até para analisar melhor o futebol, scouting, futebol analyst, uh, fui vendo muitos jogos, fomos evolu fui evoluindo também, e acho que vocês, digo já, que também evoluíram desde o início, ok? E the progress, um, um progresso para todos vocês, nota-se, quem vira a primeira emissão do suporte em 160 EN, e vir agora esta emissão, e vir o vosso relaxamento a falar das coisas, o vosso à vontade perante a câmara, o vosso à vontade de falar de temas mais complexos, que se calhar só falavam uh, superficialmente, portanto, uh, o progresso, uh, o desenvolvimento pessoal de cada um é notório, e, e digo-vos mais aqui que ninguém está a ouvir-nos, vou me aproximar para fingir que está, ninguém nos está a ouvir. Eu fui ouvir o primeiro suporte em 160, ok? E até tive medo do que eu estava a dizer, da maneira como estava a falar. E, portanto, eu aconselho-vos, a vocês quatro, a irem ver o vosso primeiro programa e vão dizer assim, eu disse aquilo com aquela cara ali com medo e com pouca vontade, é um crescimento brutal e por isso é que se calhar vocês vão aumentando as vossas audiências, nós vamos aumentando as nossas, vocês são muito importantes para a comunidade anglo-saxónica, porque é muito difícil ser sportinguista, se é difícil ser sportinguista no Porto, imagino, em Nova Iorque, no Canadá, Toronto, etc, etc. Um abraço aqui para o José Costa, que está na Austrália. E, portanto, a vossa evolução é enorme. Eu juro, vocês façam esse exercício, coloquem aqui, no próximo episódio, coloquem aqui um clipe para vocês verem, para se rirem aqui um bocadinho, todos em direto, até isto... Uh, bom uh, engagement uh, with fans, uh, put uh, a clip of the first episode of Sporting 160 AN and compare with, with the last one. Uh, it's incredible the, the development of the, the person, the, os comentários, a, a evolução, e portanto o, o que nós fazemos, e cada vez que criamos mais conteúdo até para o Patreon, é muito à base também do crescimento pessoal de cada um, e que vamos aprendendo e aconselho-vos uh, a não parar, em primeiro lugar, porque fazem um trabalho fantástico, e depois também ainda lendo livros de futebol, um, análises de futebol, vendo os jogos, apontando nos papéis, como eu faço, e eu revejo sempre o, o jogo do Sporting, ok? Portanto, 
o jogo em direto eu estou a sofrer como adepto, uhum. né? como todos que somos maluquinhos, com a minha superstição que só, só vejo agora com a, a sueta do Sporting 160, uma que eu tenho, e tem que ser aquela, não pode ser as outras, tem que ser aquela, portanto não posso lavá-la até o final do campeonato, aqui eu tenho que estar ali preparado, um, e depois eu vejo à noite o, no iScout, que eu tenho o um programa no telemóvel, vejo no iScout o jogo com outros olhos, vejo as movimentações, como é que os adversários estão colocados, qual é o sistema de jogo, os blocos são baixos, são blocos médio-altos, são altos, a profundidade, a profundidade, a largura, e portanto é um trabalho que eu faço, mas que gosto e fui aprendendo assim, portanto, vejo o jogo com aquela emoção como todos vemos, não é? Digo as asneiras, insulto toda a gente, bê, 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 bê. e depois à noite vejo o jogo e tomo os meus apontamentos. Acho que isso é importante para nós evoluirmos. Agreed, agreed. And you're right. Uh, I don't want to look back and, and see any of the first clip that I was on Sporting 160. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> um, my quick question to you, João, in, in, a, in a similar vein, um, what, what was it that made you want to pick us, not pick us up, but, you know, help us And, and, and let us carry on the 160 name, especially being from Portugal, not really, you know, in tune with, with the, the immigrant community, if you will, from either here in North America or, or where Sam's at in the UK. Uh, I saw in uh, your, your show, your, your, your Sporting Six, six uh, and uh, now um, the potential that we have to uh, united to... Um, to uh, To, to have the opportunity to spell and spoke in same uh, in another language, but with the same uh, principle. It was sporting, love from sporting. And uh, you um, are uh, amazing. Um, you love sporting uh, um, more than many sportingistas that I know here in Portugal. And uh, I see opportunity to... Um, to unite it, to create uh, a name that will be more easy to, to the people to, to understand the concept of Sporting 160 and Sporting uh, and the, the passion for Sporting. Agora em português para ser mais fácil. O que eu vi em vocês é o, o potencial que estava lá, a possibilidade de, é muito mais fácil e chegamos a mais gente tendo o nome Sporting 160 um, conhecida em Portugal e no estrangeiro, do que estamos os dois separados, ok? Isto é como uma equipa. Uh, a defesa pode ser muito boa, mas se os atacantes não defenderem, né, nós vamos defender, no todo nós vamos defender pior. É preciso os atacantes defenderem e as defesas defenderem. Toda a equipa a defender. E nós a defender os valores do Sporting e a passar a mensagem do Sporting para todos, unidos e com um único nome, é muito mais fácil do que nós estamos a dizer o Sporting 160 e depois o podcast daqueles rapazes que estão na América, como é que se chama o podcast? O nome tem logo outro impacto e como nós já tínhamos algum impacto, eu vi em vocês, havia amor puro, é mesmo um elogio de coração, vi o amor puro pelo Sporting e, e depois acho que foi falei com o Steph e disse, pá, vocês são fantásticos, fazem um trabalho extraordinário sozinhos já aí porque é que nós não podemos pôr um nome para ter ainda mais impacto? E reparem, isto, obviamente, o nome Sporting 160, nós não somos profissionais disto, certo? Nós não ganhamos nada com isto, mas o nome Sporting 160 ficou mais forte, vocês também ficaram mais conhecidos, têm sempre a possibilidade de nos pedirem aqui algum contacto ou outro que for preciso, como vocês tiveram aqui, por exemplo, o Bruno de Carvalho, porque isso, lá está, isto sendo um nome comum em Portugal e 
no vosso país e em estrangeiro com o Sporting 160, é muito mais fácil as pessoas fixarem. Portanto, se o Steph amanhã me pedir aqui um, um, um telefone de um convidado, é muito mais fácil. Nós temos esta união, ah, bem, ele basta ir ao, ao WhatsApp, ele sabe como é que eu sou, ah, qual é o telefone de, do convidado X? Aí ah, eu mando e vocês têm convidados. Portanto, é muito mais fácil, acho que estamos unidos e somos muito mais fortes em conjunto do que separados. Basicamente é isso e, e o vosso potencial, porque vocês falam, falam muito bem uh, sobre o Sporting, falam muito bem inglês uh, e o Sporting precisa ser falado em todo o mundo. O Sporting é um clube enorme, as pessoas não têm noção do que é o Sporting e por isso só nós, aqui já é meia-noite e vinte e estamos aqui a conversar, estou aqui acordado a falar com vocês, o nosso amor ao Sporting, não, não, há, não há tretas, é o nosso amor ao Sporting, como está o José Costa do outro lado do mundo, na Austrália, yeah. agora a beber um caneco com a camisola do Sporting e aqui o cara vai para a piscina. Ah, isto é um amor inacreditável e vocês merecem todo o crédito e portanto... Ah, acho que unidos somos mais, mais fortes e onde vai um vai todos. Exactly. Well said, well said. Staff for Christian, if you guys want to make some questions. I'll go. Um, João, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a simple question. Why sporting when you are tripeiro? <laughs> a difficult question, but no. it's very, very easy, very easy, Steph. Um, eu vou contar a história em português, que acho que é muito mais fácil, depois vocês quiserem traduzir, mas é, é rapidamente a história, é a é seguinte, é muito, é, muito, é muito estranha e tem a ver com o próximo jogo de Sporting, que é na ida ao Dragão. Neste caso, a ida às Antas, uh, the old stadium of Porto, it was called uh, Antas. E, portanto, eu quando era pequenino não tinha clube, tinha era muito jeito para jogar a bola. Então eu só queria jogar a bola e não queria saber, pá, nem perdia tempo a ver jogos na televisão, eu queria ir para a rua, porque antigamente as crianças podiam jogar na rua, agora é que é perigoso, não é? It's danger to play outside, in the street, football, but um, in other times, in Portugal, we, we get a ball and uh, we play in the street. Um, e depois nós uh, jogava e tinha uh, dois amigos, que eram portistas, ok? que andavam na natação do Porto e o pai era super portista, tinha uh, camarote no Porto, ok? Camarote. E então ele foi falar com o meu pai e disse, olha, teu filho tem muito jeito para jogar futebol, uh, pá, eu gostava de levá-lo ao Porto, para ele ser portista. E o meu pai pá, falou com a minha mãe e disse, pá, eles querem levar o, o, o miúdo às antas para ver um jogo. E a minha mãe disse, pronto, pá, como é para os camarotes, está um bocado mais protegido, não é? Ah, nós conhecemos o senhor, pode ir, pronto, ele fica todo contente, e eu fui. Estava a chover, estava, vocês ao bocado estavam a falar do Sporting jogar bem à chuva, estava a chover torrencialmente, okay? e então eu fui para os camarotes, o estádio das Antas, à pinha, não é? nem se via escadas, todos, guarda-chuvas abertos, porque era possível entrar guarda-chuvas, toda a gente a ver o jogo, e eu entrei lá para os camarotes, e, espetacular, não é? Primeira vez que eu vou a um estádio, um jogo grande, não sabia, sabia que era o Porto Sporting, mas pronto, não, não ligava muito. Naquele momento, no túnel das Antas, que era muito famoso por outras circunstâncias, de várias pressões que faziam sobre os árbitros no túnel, sobre os, os jogadores, quando o Sporting entra em campo com aquelas camisas, ah, porque antigamente as duas equipas não entravam juntas, ok? E, portanto, entrava, imagina, entrou o Porto, né? a equipa da casa, e toda a gente a bater palmas e tal, e o, e o vizinho, lá o senhor a dizer, olha este é que é o Porto, vais, vais ser portista e, tal. E, e depois entrou o Sporting com aquelas camisolas verdes às riscas, como vocês têm investidas e aquilo é amor à primeira vista e eu fiquei ali tipo, uau eu gosto é daquela camisola e agora como é que eu vou dizer ao senhor e depois 
o jogo começa, o Porto era, foi campeão, acho eu, tinha uma super equipa, e, mas o Sporting tinha o Vitor Damas na baliza, tinha o Rui Jordão e o Manuel Fernandes. E o Sporting, perante aquele ataque feroz do Porto, o jogo todo quase a defender, estava a chover muito, a segunda parte então, lembro perfeitamente, era, era impossível estar lá. O Vitor Damas defende quase tudo e o Sporting tem uma oportunidade flagrante pelo Jordão. E um, eu fiquei logo apaixonado, quer pelo Vitor Damas, pelo Jordão, então fiquei completamente apaixonado, porque o Jordão sozinho lá na frente era o perigo, sozinho. Imaginem o Sporting quase a defender com todos os jogadores e só o Jordão lá à frente, e era o cabo dos trabalhos para eles. E depois o senhor no fim perguntou-me, ah, então visto aqui, ah, o jogo ficou empatado, empatou 0-0 o Sporting, no Dragão, portanto sobrevivemos ali ao estado das antas com aquela pressão toda, e eles queriam ser campeões e ganhar o jogo, e... E o senhor, no final, João, é espetacular, visto o Porto, visto o Fernando Gomes, os jogadores todos, o Frasco, não sei o que, eu vi, mas eu gostei mais do suporte. <risos> e, portanto, o senhor nunca mais me levou, não é? Ao ah. estádio da Zante. <risos> e... No camarote, no camarote. No camarote, e, e pá, e, e fui, e, disse, e cheguei em casa e disse à minha família que gostava de ser, do, que era do Sporting, a partir daquele momento era aquela equipa que eu gostava, daqueles jogadores, e comecei a acompanhar, não é? Comecei ali a acompanhar o Sporting, e tinha um tio meu que era Sportingista, que soube isso, o que é ele, o miúdo quer ser do Sporting? No Natal oferece uma camisola do Sporting, pronto, não, não houve volta a dar, não é? Até hoje. Até hoje não, até morrer, até à copa. Exato, exato. exato. Christian? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll wrap it up with, uh, with the final question here for Juan. I'll keep it related to uh, the team. Um, I guess just what, a, what is your vision uh, as far as your prediction for the rest of the season? Um, you know, what do you, what do you think it means and, and what do you think it'll look like? Eu acho que temos que ser uh, realistas, uh, temos que ter os pés assentos na terra e acho que faz todo sentido o discurso do Ruben Amorim. Até acho que este impacto do Porto vai servir para o Ruben Amorim reforçar esse discurso, dizer, não estão a ver, para dentro, para os jogadores não está nada a ganho, reparem o Atlético de Madrid, já perdeu pontos, uh, mas nós só temos que jogar os nossos jogos, porque nós, nós o Sporting, é o único clube que está dependente de si próprio, mais nenhum clube está dependente de si próprio. O Sporting só depende de ser próprio para ser campeão. Portanto, o que o Sporting tem que fazer é essa mentalidade. Faltam-nos 11 vitórias para sermos campeões, nesta altura. Uhum. Um, a partir de sábado, espero que faltem só 10. Ou seja, o que eu espero é que a equipa continue a jogar com a sua identidade, que não muda a sua identidade e que jogue com as suas ideias. E isso é que é, para mim, o fundamental desta época. O Sporting nunca mudou o seu sistema de jogo perante ninguém. Ao contrário dos adversários, o Porto já jogou com 5 defesas contra nós, o Benfica já jogou com 5 defesas, toda a gente joga com 5 defesas contra nós, portanto, eles é que mudam. Nós mantemos a mesma mentalidade, as mesmas ideias, mas só temos, Cristian, nós só temos que manter mais uma coisa, que é a mesma atitude em todos os jogos. O Sporting só, o Amorim já referiu isto e bem, o Sporting só é uma equipa coesa, eficaz, sólida, quando tem intensidade. Se nós relaxamos um bocadinho, o Sporting torna-se uma equipa normal. É difícil criar oportunidades, é mais fácil os adversários criarem as oportunidades, não conseguimos entrar no último terço. Quando o Sporting tem uma equipa intensa, pressiona alta, é raçuda, disputa todos os lances, segundas bolas, bom posicionamento, é muito difícil ganhar o Sporting. E, portanto, o que eu espero eh, para o resto da época é mesmo isto, é manter fiel aos seus princípios o Sporting, aconteça o que aconteceu no Dragão, manter os fiel aos seus princípios, jogar com os seus ideais e manter a atitude em todos os jogos. 
Portanto, é isso que eu espero do Sporting. Ao manter a atitude de todos os jogos, deixa-me te dizer aqui uma coisa. O Sporting, todos falam que o Sporting tem que ir a Braga, vai ao Dragão e vai à Luz, que é muito difícil. Esses jogos vão ser tão difíceis para nós como para eles. Eu acho que é exatamente o contrário. O Sporting tem a possibilidade, nesses jogos, de matar o campeonato. É exatamente o contrário. O Sporting tinha ali a possibilidade de matar o campeonato. Eu, se fosse aos adversários, tinha medo é desses jogos, jogar contra o Sporting. O Sporting é que tem a melhor defesa, não são eles. É a equipa que perde menos pontos. E, portanto, se o Sporting calha de ganhar dois desses jogos, não tenho dúvidas que é campeão. Agora, é preciso é, é manter a mesma atitude, uh, os mesmos ideais, e ter uh, a certeza que uh, aconteça o que acontecer no próximo jogo, o Sporting continua, imaginem, sete pontos. Se nós perdemos o próximo jogo, que não vai acontecer, deixa eu bater na madeira, uh, o Sporting continua à frente de sete pontos. Se eu viesse aqui ao Sporting em setembro, em setembro, e dissesse, guys, no dia 23 de fevereiro de 2021, o Sporting vai ao Dragão com 10 pontos de avanço. Aliás, nem precisava de 10 pontos, dizia. O Sporting vai ao Dragão com os mesmos pontos na luta pelo título. Vocês assinavam de cruz. Não é? Vocês assinavam de cruz. Certo? Nós lutar pelo título, assino já de cruz. Agora, com 10 pontos. E, e, e sabes que eu, oh, Christian, eu, acho, eu acho piada que as pessoas só falam do calendário do Sporting. É, o Sporting tem que ir à luz. À... E os outros não jogam? Não jogam. O, o Benfica vai jogar com o Braga. O Benfica vai receber o Porto. Portanto, são dois jogos fundamentais. O Benfica está com atraso, tem que ganhar estes dois jogos se não quiser perder a Champions. E depois, os adversários têm perdido muito mais pontos contra equipas menores, sem, com respeito para todas elas, do que o Sporting. E, portanto, as pessoas só pensam no calendário difícil do Sporting, mas não pensam que os outros também têm que jogar. Têm calendário difícil, têm mais jogos, têm mais competições. O Sporting não tem culpa nenhuma. Aliás, tem culpa de ter perdido jogos e não está nessas competições, porque no final da época, guys, não vamos ter, no final da época, imaginem o Sporting campeão e depois vamos ter lá um asterisco, uma estrela em cima a dizer o Sporting jogou menos jogos com os adversários. Isso não existe. Não há tabela que tenha isso. O Sporting vai jogar os mesmos jogos para o campeonato que os outros. É beneficiado por não estar nas competições europeias, mas isso é uma consequência de um mau resultado, um percalço que o Sporting teve depois do Covid, por exemplo. E, portanto, eu acho que as pessoas têm que ter os pés assentes à terra, não haver euforias, e principalmente o que eu estou a achar muito bom com a equipa é que a equipa não, entra, não está a entrar em, em euforias. Jogos decisivos e tem jogado da mesma forma, com a mesma atitude, jogo a jogo, e, e antigamente o que acontecia, o nosso karma, como vocês sabem, nós antes de ir a um jogo, por exemplo, ao Dragão, perdíamos pontos. Era quase certo. Jogar com o Portimonense em casa, com o Zão Paulinho, campo pesado, como o Stef disse, eh, pressão para ganhar porque tínhamos que fomos os primeiros a jogar. O que é que acontecia nos anos passados? O Sporting empatava com o Portimonense, pronto. E já íamos ao Dragão, ai meu Deus, empatamos com o Portimonense e íamos ao Dragão já borrados. Não temos que ir borrados. Temos que ir com a mesma personalidade, atitude, os ideais e jogar o que sabemos. E isso, quanto a mim, será o suficiente para o Sporting fazer um grande resultado no Dragão. Exactamente. And before you leave, João, thank you very much for having us, for, for being on with us that late. Uh, just your, a quick prediction from you uh, about the, the uh, about the game at the Dragon next week. Uh, what are your what's your score prediction? What do you think? I think we'll win. Um, I like it. One zero. I like it. One zero. I already like it. And uh, I, I the scorer uh, for it will be Pot. As always, as always, João, we appreciate you being on for Sporting 160 at podcast number 100. We know it's running late and we stretched out a, a, a bit more yes. time from you. We do appreciate it. Um, you know, always feel free to jump on if you ever want to practice your English. We're your guys. Okay. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, we'll we'll still be on for another twenty minutes talking Mudalizaj and 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 just a few more things. Uh, but yeah, João. Queres ficar até o fim ou queres ir embora, João? Não, posso ficar só para vos ouvir mais um bocadinho, não há problema nenhum. Ok, yeah, you perfect, perfect. Yeah. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. I was just worried about the time. Yeah. <laughs> In that same vein, I'll ask the rest of you guys as well, your predictions on the uh, on the Porto game as well then, uh, coming up. Christian, I'll start with you. Yeah, I... Um... I do think Porto is going to score. Um... Same. But at the same time, a draw really is not horrible at all. We're chilling with a draw. I don't even care. 1-1. One, one. Um, yeah, 1-1. One, one. Nice. I'm, I'm actually, I'll, I'll interject. I'm actually going for the same thing. I think a 1-1 one, one is written all over this. Um, and, and look, we'll be what? Nine points from, from Porto? Ten. Uh, it stays the same. Oh, still, yes, you're right. Sorry, it'll it'll be um, maybe Braga can get within Braga nine. will be nine points yeah. from us, yeah. and then Benfica, yeah. if they points. win, of course, Benfica will be thirteen of us. Thirteen. Still good. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw. Steph, how about you, dude? I'm gonna say three one uh, Sporting. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna score. <laughs> uh, I love it. And the uh, Porto will will try to press on us. And then we'll score the two nothing. They'll score the two one, and then in the counter attack, lethal one by Tete. Oh no, Zuvan Cabral will win three one. Um, but I do have a question for for João. If we win uh, Nostrado do Regão Sabado, uh, do you think that's it? Port is out of the title race. It's more difficult to them because we have the advantage because we have a draw in Alvalade and if we win the State of Dragon, it's very difficult to Porto to, to recover. And so uh, Porto has to think about Braga and Bifica because if Sporting wins in Dragon, the second place will be um, very difficult to Porto because Braga is strong. So Porto have to think about the uh, second place if we win in Dragon, of course. And um, and Sporting uh, will be another uh, week that uh, will pass, another game, and Sporting will need only, uh, only nine wins to the champion. Nine wins. And also, like I said, Braga will... Uh, We'll play Benfica. Porto has to play in Stadi of Light in Lisbon, so it's very difficult for them. And um, like I said, they will think in to to maintain the second position uh, and um, forget uh, from uh, uh, the first position because this is very difficult to to gain uh, 14 points uh, to Sporting. Exactly. E já para não falar dos Guimarães, dos Passos, Freiras, etc, etc, this year, they look tough, right? E atenção, deixa-me deixa dizer aqui uma coisa, que as pessoas têm que olhar para o, para o calendário. O Sporting vai ao Dragão, o Porto a seguir vai a Barcelos, mas tem pelo meio o segundo jogo da Taça com o Braga, e depois, de, depois, de, e depois de Barcelos tem a Juventus e recebe o Passos Ferreira. 
Ascensão uhum. ou Passos Ferreira. Portanto, não é só os jogos grandes que vão contar. E o Porto tem, esses, tem mais jogos, como o Braga e como o Benfica, e, portanto, esses jogos vão ser bastante elevados. Portanto, o jogo do Barcelos, o Sporting viu-se e desejou-se em Barcelos. O Porto também terá um jogo difícil. E depois o jogo contra o Passos Ferreira, porque o Passos Ferreira joga muito bem à bola. A única equipa que ganhou o Passos Ferreira três vezes e sofreu o gol foi o Sporting. Pois. O Passos Ferreira, na primeira volta, deu 4-2 ao Porto. Não se esqueçam disso. Um, portanto... Não é só, só estes jogos grandes. Sorte. Exato. E, portanto, as pessoas sorte. estão a falar muito destes jogos grandes. E, e eu já disse, pá, o Sporting, é como tu estavas a dizer, se o Sporting empatar ou se ganhar no Dragão, que eu espero que ganhe no Dragão, obviamente, fica numa posição muito confortável, ainda falta muito campeonato, porque eh, os outros vão começar a, a ter que olhar para o lado e para trás, e não para a frente. Vão ter que começar a olhar para a frente. Yeah, a pressão aumenta. Claro, é porque, repara, a Liga dos Campeões dá muito dinheiro. Entrar yeah. diretamente na Liga dos Campeões dá muito dinheiro. E se tu vires um lugar, isto é, olha, isto é a mesma coisa que tu estás... Hum, pá, vou fazer aqui uma brincadeira, mas é, é a mesma coisa que, 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 que tares, queres, queres ir a um, a um concerto, ok? E só há dois bilhetes, ok? E tu vais a correr para a bilheteira e vês um gajo que já está lá à frente, 100 metros, a correr, tu dizes, ei, já não apanho o primeiro bilhete. Mas vês outro gajo que está ao teu lado, a correr, tu dizes, eu vou correr com este gajo porque este gajo é o meu adversário, é o que está ao lado o que já está a 100 metros à tua frente, já não o apanhas percebes? E vais ter atenção a este gajo se calhar tentas passar uma rasteira ou encontrar uma coisa, mas o, o que já está lá a 100 metros, tu já não podes pensar naquilo, porque se estiveres a pensar naquilo e não olhas para o lado, quando és por ela o que está ao lado rouba-te o segundo lugar, e depois em termos, reparem, o investimento que o Benfica fez né? com contratações, 100 milhões e se não for à Champions ui já pensaram que o Benfica se não for a Champions? É porque o terceiro lugar não te garante a Champions, garante a pré-eliminatória, mas se apanhas uma equipa forte, não é? Se apanhas e és eliminado, não ganhas o dinheiro, e o dinheiro não é tanto se entras diretamente. Portanto, eles vão olhar muito para o segundo lugar, o segundo lugar é aquele lugar que vais à Champions, ganhas dinheiro e não tens que preparar antecipadamente a época, mas se fores à pré-eliminatória já tens aí um problema de calendário já vais ter mais jogos, tens de contratar os jogadores mais cedo para teres a equipa para a pré-eliminatória. Portanto, se tal acontecer, as equipas vão ter que olhar uma para a outra, mas é os que estão em segundo lugar. Tipo, e, e não é uma equipa que está. Este ano estão, estão lá três equipas, já não digo o Passos Ferreira, mas estão lá três equipas. Portanto, é muito mais difícil. É, yeah, tens razão. E o Benfica é uma pressão autêntica. De quarta-feira, acho que vão ter um, como é que se chama lá em Portugal, com as buzinas. Sim, vão ter uma manifestação. A manifestação via carro lá na, na segunda circular. Um, They just had elections. nada, a pressão no Benfica está a aumentar e isso não ajuda os jogadores nem aos jogadores. Ainda bem. Ainda bem. Yeah. Ainda bem, por amor de Deus. Os jogadores estão há muitos, muitos anos. Aliás, houve quem prevesse que Jorge Jesus no Benfica ia dar no que deu. Ele sempre prometeu que ia fazer o Sporting campeão. Uh, next question. Já estou a dizer Sam, your, your quick, uh, your quick um, prediction on the Dragão, on the game against, on, against Porto, before we kick it off to modalidades and, and wrap up this pod. Uh, I agree with both you and Christian. I think they're definitely going to score. I mean, they're in good form at the moment, no matter how they beat Maritimo, they did, and they also beat Juventus. But I think they're going to score first, probably a for bullshit penalty that never was. But um, <laughs> I, think, I, th I think it's going to go 1-0, and then just before the second half, uh, sorry, just before the first half finishes, we'll score. 
I'm gonna go with pot and then like the 93rd minute. My boy Let's go. Seba. Let's go. Seba Kawakas will score a 93rd <laughs> minute to break all their hearts. And I will love every single fucking second. I love that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and then and then just like the the game against Tondela like two, three years ago, he's gonna take off his shirt. Throw it around yeah. and not get a yellow card, and Portistas will cry about that for the rest of the, the year. Know, you, know, you know what we'll say to the Portistas? We'll say, take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Take it easy. Uh, Steph, let me kick it off to you. Mudalidad. Um, I, I want to quickly uh, first say, I just forgot his uh, his name, the goal, the handball goalkeeper from Porto. Um, Quintana. 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 Yeah. Yes, prayers out to him. Of course, suffered a heart attack in practice, I believe it was. Uh, prayers out to him and, and get well soon uh, and quick recoveries. But, uh, Steph, take it away. Yeah, uh, I'll second that. Uh, it's insane. He's a, he's a professional athlete. He's well-liked among uh, all the uh, clubs in Portugal. He, he, he plays for the national team. Uh, good goalie, good athlete, good good human being. So, yeah. best to him and speedy recovery. Uh, he's fighting for his life now. Uh, so, I'll start with the end ball. We we went to all the way to uh, to Minho and we beat uh, ABC 27-22. to 22. Uh, That was a good victory, especially when we lost in the Champions League against the last team in our group. Oh, Prestos, the, the one who has the, almost the same symbol as we do. Our symbol is just more beautiful, of course. Uh, track and field, we won a bunch of medals. I, I'm not even going to say all of them, just because it's a long list. Uh, but uh, our ladies, they're dominating again. And uh, the men, they did fairly well. Uh, but especially to our ladies, congrats to them. Um then uh, in uh, in soccer, football slash football, uh, we just spoke about uh, Sporting Portimonense. Of course, we won two nothing. Uh, the B team, we we won away uh, against GD Fontines three nothing. Uh, good game. So we in second place, but behind by two games, uh, behind uh, Estrela. So we we should if we win our two games, we'll be in, in first place. Uh, Tasa Revelação, under 23, uh, big disappointment the whole season. But, uh, you know, like I've said so many times, it's our youth. We have an average of, of players of uh, 16 years old, 17, 18. So they, they, they're learning uh, how to deal with pressure. Uh, most of the players from the uh, under 23 from last year, they transitioned to the B team. So I'm not surprised. So we, we tied to two against Chihuahua. Um, it's it really doesn't mean anything because it's not even the champion the uh, champions uh, face. We are in the, in the second tier, so it doesn't really matter. So it's good playing time for these young players. Uh, futsal, we won five one against FC uh, Shurendem, um, which uh, at the beginning was a very tough game. Um, they made it very tough, and then towards towards the second half, we dominated and. Uh, we we basically uh, scored four more goals and uh, we we won five one. That's for Champions League, right, Seth? Yeah, that's for the Champions League, and we qualified for the quarterfinals. Uh, so that's that's a big deal. Uh, and then uh, I think we play against a 
we were ranked number three, so we play against rank number six. I'll get the name in a little bit. I can. I don't. We're remember. slated to play Inter Movie Star in the final four, basically, if we win and they win. Yes. Yes. If if they win as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's going to be a tough quarterfinals. Um, our ladies in uh, <clears throat> in the first league, we won eleven nothing against the Lord Oza FC. So a good game by our ladies. They completely dominated. Uh, okay, Patini's rolling skates. We won against the first, uh, the leader of the uh, King Patini's the Liga Portuguesa. 4 2 at home, very tough game. Uh, but okay, Barcelos, they missed all the PKs and uh, direct uh, uh, kicks they had. Uh, and they ranked number one on that department, but uh, they pulled a Sporting uh, because we ranked uh, last in uh, PKs. We, we missed a lot of them and direct uh, uh, kicks. So congrats to our Sporting. We're still two games behind. If you guys remember, our team had to be in uh, in quarantine because of the COVID-19, and we missed a few games. So we're a few games behind in the standings. It shows we're in third place. But if we if we do win our two games, uh, we we should be uh, on top uh, with OK Barcelos and Football Club Porto. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, ladies, Again, they won 9-2 against C Infant Sagres. So another good game by our ladies. And um, and uh, that's it, guys. Yeah, so Joan oh, just had to leave. Oh, is, oh, sorry, my, mistake, my mistake, I have volleyball. Oh, volleyball, we won 3 nothing contra Carlos da Rainha. We won 3-1 again in Jmurim. Um And our ladies won 3 nothing against the Club de Queiroz. So, so you guys know. The volleyball. We have one more game, and uh, it looks like we're going to finish number in third place, and then it'll be the fourth place, the the, the four best placed in the Portuguese league. So it looks like it's going to be Benfica, Fonte Pastardes, uh, Sporting, and then Sporting Spinho. So the Benfica will play Spinho, and we we'll, we'll play against Fonte Pastardes, but but it looks like it could be Fonte Pastardes first because they beat Benfica. A couple of days ago, and then we would play Befica if, if they finish second because we third. So it looks like it's going to be an exciting end of the uh, volleyball league. This is the first time they're doing it this way, uh, this format. I watch volleyball games, uh, uh, especially our Spartan, of course, and it's exciting actually. So we'll see who's going to be champion of Portugal. Uh, but Benfica, they lost twice, actually, uh, against Fonte Bastardo and another team, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, a couple of weeks ago. So they're not that strong anymore. So we shall see. That's it. Facts. Joan just had to leave. Um, we, he actually only said a half an hour. So shout out to him for even being with us yeah. for like extra hour. Um, finesse that. <laughs> we, 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 we did finesse that. I appreciate to that. Um, guys, I, I just want to say congratulations to us for a hundred podcasts. That's Sporting 160 I wasn't there from the very beginning, like, uh, Sam and, and Steph, of course, but, um, came towards like the beginning of the Sporting 160 and it's been a fucking journey. It's been a ride. Uh, like I said on the Bruno Carvalho one, it's been sick just sitting here drinking some beers, talking Sporting with the guys from across the world that have the same sort of passion as as I do, if not more. Um, so yeah, shout out to us. I don't know if you guys want to say anything about that. 
Sam, I'll start with you, dude. Let me have a shot for you guys. I've been drinking some soju this whole time, so I'm starting to finally feel it. Soju. This this pro- this podcast was brought to you by Soju today. Mumashayo. That means can I have water in Korean? But yeah, Sam, bro. Cheers to you guys. Uh, yeah. So, I because I know we do have a lot of new viewers since the the Bruno podcast. So I'll just give sort of backstory of what happened. I know we said it quite a few times, but I don't think a lot of people will know. Um, so me and Steph met through um, a mutual podcast at the time, PT Footy Podcast. Yeah. I believe, if Steph wants to correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was 2017, maybe the end of maybe the end of 2017, 2018. Uh, when we did our first episode was August 31st, 2017. Yeah. So it's in, we, it's I, in my mind. It's like my <laughs> my date of birth. <laughs> yeah. So we must have met, I think, it must have been like the January or February in 2017 on PC Footy. And then I I had this account, this well, not this account, but the account that got suspended. I had it as a backup account for ages. And in 2013, 2012, I used to do my best as like a 13, 14-year-old kid trying to keep up with the news. But then I just, just gave up on it. And I just said to Steph, I was like, we have it here. We've we've known each other through the podcast, and we we did get a lot of followers from PT Footy come over, which we're very grateful for. But um, and slowly but surely we managed to um to get there. And like Steph said, it was all you said it was August 2017, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was I remember talking about it because that was the the last season of uh, Rudolf Cavallo in in Sporting. Well, obviously, we didn't know that at the time. But I remember talking about Champions League games with Steph as, as like a first memory. Uh, I believe that was the year when we might have faced, I think it was Barcelona. Then we obviously got knocked out to, uh, to Atletico Madrid. And that's where it all went downhill. But, man, um, Mar- yeah. Bataglia man marking Messi. The good old he day. had him in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like from, from there to here, like I could never imagine it. And I know... You three, especially, because I did take that little bit of leave from the podcast when um, when Verandas took over. It had nothing to do with him. It was just like burnout from because from that point I was from PT Footy from straight from 2016 till I think maybe 2018. So it was a bit of burnout for me. But um, shout out to all of you three, carrying. I know we had uh, Bruno on this pod as well. We obviously got Nando Ooh. as a part of the team. Bruno. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love Bruno. I love. Him. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so we had we have Nando right now. We have we had Bruno. I'm not sure if Steph remembers. We had a guy called the Professor. I've not not seen him on Twitter for a, a long time. But oh, <laughs> the Portuguese guy. I do. I even remember that. Right. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. And I, I don't know what's happened to him. He. I don't think he has mm-hmm. Twitter anymore. But, um, we had uh, Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick for a little. He still comes on every now and again. Yeah, and we would like. Uh, there's going to be people we've missed, but just um, Bruno de Cavallo and Alexandre Coutinho, obviously, are the, are the main ones. Uh, but we've had uh, Alf, obviously, Jacques Castro, Mariana, and the whole Sporting 160 we, crew. We've had fans on, and we do have some big, well, not as, I wouldn't say as big as Bruno de Cavallo, no disrespect to the guests, but if we ever top that, I'll be amazed. But um, we do have awesome. some really good ideas lined up, and. Um, just keep an eye on, on the Twitter page in here because we definitely have a lot more content. If you have any suggestions for content, anyone you'd like to see on, just, just let us know and we can do that for you. But um, that's all I've got to say. Thank you, everyone that's watching, that has watched. To you three especially, who's been the, sort of the backbone of the podcast. Thank you.
Well, I'm going to say something too. Uh, of course. Um, Sammy's right on the money. The, the, the PT uh, Foodie podcast was with Peter and Cynthia and Patrick. And then at one point we had um, uh, Carrie. Remember Carrie? And his, yeah. uh, uh, which she passed away, by the way. Uh, if you guys look at my at my profile, you'll see her name Carrie with a howl because she was a she that, that that's the way she was known by. And then uh, her husband Portista, I forget his name. Kevin. Uh, that's it. And he was part of the podcast. A great guy. Uh, he's a Portista, but one of those that uh, uh, very decent, very very likable guy. I I even uh, I got onto him because he also ran Santa Clara World too, right? Because he was yeah, a Suriano. Yeah, yeah but it was him and him great and guy. Harry I loved Kevin. Yeah. Before yeah. before she passed, it was it was them yeah. two, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah true. Said day, um, but you know, and, and because of that, that's how we came up with the podcast, which we named it Sporting Updates UK. But if you go back to uh, our YouTube page and you scroll down all the way to the bottom, you'll see the very first episode. And I think I started mumbling, uh, the first <laughs> uh I kind of like stumbled and. I did go back a few times and I was laughing about it. Like John Castle said, you got to go back and check out your first clip. And it's funny, actually. And we, we have evolved a lot more, but, you know, uh, it, but it's thanks to to uh, a lot to do uh, with the uh, with Danny and Chris and Nando. I remember seeing Danny uh, on Twitter actively involved with our podcast all the time putting comments it was like our number one fan i'm like we need the support we need the uh, in, in, uh, uh, sam and i we talked all the time by dm hey do you think we should invite this guy he looks like he's a he's a he's an awesome fan i think do you think he'll be interested and then the, it was just within a few seconds sending in a dm to danny and then he responded "Fuck yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I was, by the way. I was playing soccer at a park, and then I get this DM from you guys, and I'm like, yo, I was dating a girl at the time. I'm like, yo, babe, look, this podcast wants me on to talk about Spartan, all gassed and shit like that. Yeah, it was fun, man. Best <laughs> DM I've ever received. None of you girls can even compare, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then Chris was the same thing. I'm like, this guy, Chris Oliveira from Philly, I mean, he's always, you know, very active, and then I, I, I sent a DM to Chris again, and Chris was like, yeah, man, let's do it. You know, just the way Chris says, very simple, and he jumped on it, and he never looked back. Uh, and then Nando was a, the same thing. We lost Bruno in the middle of the mix just because he flipped to Befica, then he came back. <laughs> you know, he's still a great guy. I get along with him, and I think he's sporting. He came back. He had this comment. He came thing. back. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he looks like he's uh, he's fully sporting. Yeah. yeah he's, I also want to say he was at the stadium where we lost five nothing against Befica. I think he's the reason why Karma fucking had to fuck <laughs> him up, and in the same time, it bit us in the ass. Okay. <laughs> but I no, guess Jose Becerra could take the play for that. <laughs> that's not. That's not. True. But Bruno had a lot of talent. Um, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he I like was him. a great host. It's just a shame that he flipped to Benfica and, and then 
we kind of like, what the, what the fuck was that? You know, so how can you trust someone when they flip flop? I don't know. Because I, I remember as well, Steph, I'm not sure if you do. When that happened, the account itself got a few messages like, Oh, why are you having a Lampiao on? Like, we got serious too, shit for that. Yeah. Not, I, so I got DMs for that too. Like, my personal account was like, bro, why'd you guys let this guy? I'm like, bro, I didn't fucking know this guy was in that shit. Like, yeah, same. Because I, <laughs> even, I even... the founder in my bio. So people just went straight to that and was like, you, you like, you have a Benfica fan on. It's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. It's like, come on. It was so bad. He's even, not Juan Castro, even Juan Castro was like, guys, what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> and not me thinking it's just some little like North American community uh, little thing. Like, ah, whatever, it'll pass. Juan's uh, like, bro, what's I going on with it? I'm like, bro, like, we're North American. We flip flop. Like, <laughs> when he first did it, because I think we all yeah. were. I think it was Steph that I think Steph saw he removed sporting from his bio, and we were all like, well, that's a bit strange, but you know, we were shit at the time, so it's like, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. And then I think he, in the middle of sporting in Benfica, he went to a, a second division team. Was it Lorea? I think it was. And then from there, he just switched and he was a Lampion. <laughs> it's like, okay. I know. I was like, my goodness, what happened to this guy? He must be smoking some good weed. And uh... <laughs> he, he, maybe he does. He does. So maybe. <laughs> And then, and then Patrick. Let's not forget about Patrick because sure. Patrick is one of of those fans that really, really, really loves to talk about the game, nitty gritty, every detail aspect of the game, and that's why I love to have uh, love to have him on our podcast. It, it, you know, it's a shame he doesn't have the time. Uh, you know, I, I fully understand because I took a break too, like Sam did. We all take little breaks when we feel that we burned out. Um, you know, we all have busy, busy lives, uh, full-time job, families and stuff. But Patrick, he's very, very into the details. I'm not saying we're not, but you know what I mean? He analyzes the game to in depth. And that's what I like about him. Um, but, you know, that's it. I mean, look, look at our podcast. I mean, we, we, we invested money to have a great stream. We came from nothing to just a little, you know. I was just gonna say, Steph, if if we started it, would would, and I said to you, so from episode one, if I said, oh yeah, we're gonna have Bruno Tagovali on this podcast, by the way, you would have you would have not believed me at all, and it's like the no. growth from just all of us is just fantastic. Let I mean, alone the, Bruno Carvalho, if I told you that Sporting would call us not to have Trevante on, I'd be like, yeah, right, it's Sporting. Right. They would never know about us. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 true. We have 550 followers on YouTube. We have 3,000-something on Twitter, which could have been more if our initial account wasn't canceled because of Sporting. We're slowly going up. Yeah, we're, about, yeah. we're almost we'll, there. We'll we'll there. Yeah, we're going to be back almost soon. Yeah. But all the credit... It's due to you guys and everybody. And such as, you know, Philippe, Lauren, Jose Costa, Vitor, uh, you know, all their names, Juice Box, Leal, um, Mike, Jordan, uh, Mike again. Patrick, yeah. Yeah. New York's finest, by the way. Uh, Rui Costa, who was on. uh, Joel Leal, who was on. Everybody, yeah. Mm -hmm. Alfred Kensky. Yeah, and we're very, very thankful to to Sporting 160 from Portugal to to invite us to be the uh, sister, let's say, or brother, because we're all guys. 
Um, no, stepsister. Stepsister. I love those videos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you're very corrupted mentally. What's wrong with you? Look at those videos. Mentiros. Anyway. Just kidding. Uh, just kidding. Isquelones, culones. <laughs> but now it's uh Sam is right. It's been it's been exciting. Uh Danny and Chris, amazing job, guys, and thank you for all that. And uh to Nando and Patrick and all that all of our fans. Chris, anything you wanna add? No, I mean I you summed it up well. You've uh you've maybe, you know, revealed some like some sporting one sixty lore that maybe not everyone knew. I didn't even <laughs> Who the fuck is the professor, man? I have no idea what the fuck that is, dude. <laughs> if anyone has seen Money Heist, that like the prof that's what I'm thinking mm. of. Like from like like some like code breaker that like is weird or like <laughs> the professor the one he barely spoke to me and Steph in like DMs. We it was literally he was he came on like a few times and then we didn't really hear from him, and that was it. He was like like radio science. <laughs> That's I'm not awesome. so, yeah. with uh, with Peter, but you know that's something else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I learned even I learned some new sporting 160 lore tonight. So yeah, I mean I'm just I'm happy that you guys, uh, you know, asked me to be. I think honestly, what happened was I was a guest first as like a just a ra random fill in. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 you guys just asked me to fill in, and then maybe a week, like a week later or something, you asked me to be on it for real. Um, so yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys asked me. I'm glad I came on as a guest. Uh, it was a shit season. I think I, we were finished fourth, I think, <laughs> or third, maybe. I don't even remember which season it was. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it's been great interacting with all you guys online. Um, honestly, it makes it all, it makes it all worth it. Um, without you guys, like none of this exists at all. So um, you know, thanks for giving us the platform to, to talk about this stuff. And we hope that you see, um, we hope that you see yourselves reflected, uh, in us, honestly, um, the things that you think, the opinions that you feel, um, and if they differ, uh, you know, let us know. Um, but you know, our, our objective is to reflect, um, you know, the sentiment of maybe people that wouldn't normally get their voice heard. So that's all. What about you, Dan? Like I said, man, it, it, it's been a it's been a great ride, you know. Um, I, re I I don't remember the date. I remember the first podcast I was on, which was the it was Maritimu for the Tasa de Liga. It was a boring like one nothing or something. <laughs> it was bro. It's actually <laughs> come up on my it it came up on my recommended, and I watched it for a few seconds, just like uh, Juan was actually mentioning. And bro, I was all fucking nervous, sweaty. I was fatter than what I was now. <laughs> Hallelujah, I lost the weight. Some weight, at least. I didn't drink as much on camera, at least. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was it was sick, man. Like, it, and it's been great. It's been something consistent, and it's been a, a fun hobby for me to have. And like Christian said, it's been something. It's been a voice for the voiceless because for many years, us, especially us North American and us UK based, and like Jose Costa George. I just have to say one thing, Josette, today you posted some some video of you in the sun and with with everything, bro. Fifteen centimeters of snow just came outside. I don't want to fucking throw my phone across the fucking the room today at work, bro. I was fucking. Did you, guys, was he, did you guys hear him singing? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, yeah. he sounded like. Ale, ale, 
He's got like Cuban hands. He's got a great part, though. Yeah. Elin, man. I mean, and yeah, man. It's been it's been a fun ride, Sam and Steph. Thanks for even creating this, Christian. I have to say, I, I was speaking on the burnt out thing. I was definitely getting burnt out with all the tweeting. And it was definitely towards the end of uh, the Bruno Carvalho reign. It was just like in the middle of that. And uh, I was obviously a little biased on my tweets and everybody throwing me some, yeah, this is supposed to be Sporting a Bruno. Da, 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 da. And then you came in and you've absolutely fucking killed it. You like, you took our fucking Twitter to the next level, I think. And uh, so hats off to you again, hats off to Sam and, and, and Steph as well. Cause you got not only with the tweets, but even with the podcast, you guys have, have killed it and, and brought us to, to where we're at today. Shout out to Nando who couldn't join us and uh, who's been a lot of, you know, compromised because of work. But, you know, whenever he's on, he kills it. I love yeah. Nando's, like, perspective of certain things. Um, of course, shout out to Bruno. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> you know, Spartan breaks the better of men, you know. So I understand it happens. Yeah, um, banter at the end of the day, isn't it? We, we, we love him. It's just, it's just a little bit facts. of uh, I still talk to him to this day. The guy still owes me a spliff. Even though I've quit smoking for two and a half weeks, three weeks. But the guy still owes me one. <laughs> two and a half weeks a week. Two and a half weeks. Not still an that, that's not an offer that expires. So I think you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not quitting smoking. I'm just <laughs> laying off of it, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's been real, guys. It's been it's been like a highlight for these last few years has been this podcast. And then where we've taken it, it's been it's been amazing, man. And now that we're even like averaging like 40 views live, uh, you know, and then some 200 plus, not that I don't, I don't give a fuck about the numbers, but just seeing it is like reassuring. And it's nice because I do think that we've had somewhat of an impact um, on, on mainly this part of the world. Of course, you know, UK, uh, um, Luzo, whatever, or, or UK Sporting Eastas as well. Cause you know, Lauren, who, who has nothing to do with Portugal, for example, or even our boy Abdallah from Jordan, who has nothing to do with Portugal, are, are diehard Spartan fans. It's it's like Joan was saying, it's reassuring that we're, we're called Spartan Club Portugal because we're based in Portugal, because this club is, is the entire world, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, it's been real. Juice box, I'll, I'll hold you to that, bro. A few spliffs, bro. And and yeah, one, guys, last, one last thing to close everybody. On. One last thing For to sure. close on, because I was thinking about it. And, and honestly, you reminded me of it. Like, our main, our main exposure to people is through the internet. But obviously, there is a large community of not only Portuguese people in general, but definitely Sportingistas who aren't on Twitter uh, by just nature of their age or their technological capabilities um so like if you enjoy this podcast tell your uncle who's not on twitter about it who's a sporting fan tell your 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 dad your grandpa your brother who's 36 and doesn't go on twitter and only goes on facebook or whatever just that's that's honestly i think that's like the next the next frontier for us um yeah so if you like this tell someone who's not on twitter about it Really impressed. I don't know if you guys are in the mood. Uh, good question from one of our fans. Well, Jacosta said one of these days we have to bring Elioa into our podcast. We did, Mariana, but I agree with him. We have to bring more ladies. Uh, so maybe what's her name? Beatrice Culazo. 
open invitation to if if any any uh, female sporting kids wants to come on or just you know has an interest you know our dms are open i believe or danny's ears and mine is i think everyone's is but um, they're open they're yeah open. if you're in, interested my dms are always one of our best friends uh lauren jenkins she, she yeah. we've been trying to get her on she she we've got trying to get her on you for a few minutes Last time, remember? That's yeah, true. that's true. That's true. You have got her on. That's true. She got on. This is always on our, you know, um, on our podcast. Um, but the question from Sporting Simple, he said, "Haven't heard the stories of how you guys became Sporting Easter fans and how you guys fell in love with cl the club." I'll go first, and I'll do it really fast. Me, it was a no-brainer. Since I was born, my father, being Sporting Easter. He lives in Portugal now. He's seventy-four. He just turned seventy-four yesterday. Happy birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday, man! Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. So my father was the last one out of seven brothers and sisters. Okay, so the oldest one, Muti Alfredo, he already passed away. He was a die-hard Sportingista. A sauce you all the nine yards. He used to to drive from. Ilha Aveiro to Lisbon, Portugal, to José Avalade at that time, and Nava Avalade. He, he, and then he convinced my father, being the youngest one and him being the, the oldest one, converted him to Sporting. In between, all my uncles and aunts were Befiquistas, all of them. So out of seven, only two Sportingistas against five Befiquistas, okay? So... In Portugal, I don't know, you guys weren't raised in Portugal. I was. Summertime, I had to go to work. I didn't have the luxury of uh, going to the beach and all that stuff. I, I did go to the beach, of course. Uh, but most of the time, I worked at my uh, Tio Alfredo uh, Fabric of Marmory in Granite, uh, 8 to 4. So every single day, my, my uncle... And my father and my cousin João Teixeira, uh, they used to, to say, Sporting número um. And then, toma aí uma nota de 100. E eu, uma no bolso. And Sporting número um, Sporting número um. You know, and to me, it, that Sporting became the love of my life. Then, at that time, the big thing was a cadernetes dos cromos. Okay. As cadernetes dos cromos. <laughs> So, Só de inventar palavras, meu. Eu não sei o que, que isso é. I know, I know. The stickers, right? Yeah, the stickers. But at the time, it, they weren't stickers. You had to lick them, and then you had to, to place them inside the square. So that drove me nuts, because then I, I wanted to buy them, and I was addicted to that. But I only gave a shit about the sporting pages. I didn't really care about Bifica and Porto and Santa Clara. I just wanted the sporting players. So every time I got the other players, I took them away. I only kept the sporting players. And then the biggest impact, so I can wrap it up, was when I, I went to watch my first game. And that first game was in Agda, Pataça de Portugal. It was uh, the, the seats were made out of concrete. The, we, we didn't have individual seats. It was just a, a concrete, that's it. And then 
in Agda, if you if from from if you from Agda, if you know that region of Portugal, it's the majority are Sportingistas. So even though the game was it was in Agda, it looked like it was in Estados Avalado. It was all green and white. And it, I'll never forget it because my father lost me for a few minutes when Sporting scored by Ujordão Marcungo. Uh, I, I kind of, I was on like the upper level. I ended up on the lower level. I don't know how. But then, you know, <laughs> I was among Sportingistas and he said, oh, Sofie está aqui, caralho, está aqui, Sporting. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, to tell the truth. I was so little. Uh, but it was the best experience of my life, and uh, and that's how I became a Sportingista, and, and I never looked back from an early age. And I, I'm glad that uh, Mati Alfred, you know, already passed away. He convinced me to be one, and my Moprim João and my father. I even called him the other day, and we, we talked to each other three, three times a week, you know, because he's getting old, and, you know, I, I miss him, and and always speak about it Sporting. <laughs> so... So uh, anyway, and that's that's how I became a Sportingista. So that was a good question by Sporting Simple. Uh, I'll go next. Um, so my my dad and my granddad, and I think for generations, have always been sporting fans. For some reason, my cousins who live in Toronto um, are Benfica fans. Don't know why. Yo, send their address, bro. I'll beat them up right now, bro. What do you mean? They're... <laughs> Brother, they're all women. I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> oh, never mind. My bad. Let me let me let me let me talk to them then. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um. Uh. So, from a young kid, I've even got like an image here. I'll try and like get it centered properly. I'll try and put that light down. It's me and like one of the really old sporting kits. I don't know if you can see it properly. Oh yeah, tell us how. Yeah, so yeah. when I was like two years old, but um, yeah, I've just this is just something I've always known. Like I've always watched football since I was like six. But it's weird because the first sporting memory I have, even though I know I watched them before, was I believe it was the two thousand eight Tasta Portugal final, and I think it was Benfica versus Sporting where we got robbed, and I think Miguel Veloso threw his medal in the crowd. Like I, I think it was 2008. It could have been earlier or later, but um, that's literally my first memory. I don't know why it just is, but um, you know, I I hope to one day have a kid of my own and continue the tradition of making sure they're a sporting fan. My girlfriend's an Arsenal fan, so I think we'll come to a compromise on it being a sporting fan 100. percent But um, <laughs> but no, I I want to carry on the tradition <laughs> and like you know, hopefully one day. It is a, it's, it's like, it's, well, I don't want to say as great as me, but as, as great as following sporting as, as I have been, you know, since I'm 21 now, so it's pretty much like 21 years strong. So hopefully carry on the tradition. Facts. Uh, I'll go next. I, I, I honestly can't pinpoint a, uh, a day where I fell in love with the club. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I just remember being in love with it. Um, it, it was something organic. Of course, like my dad is a Spartanista, my brothers, is, my older brother is a Spartanista as well. Um, but I, I, maybe that had a bit of influence for sure. But to me, I just I remember being a three year old, not watching a game, not knowing anything, and still talking shit to my my dad's family, to my to family friends, to my dad's friends who, for most because you know I grew up uh, in obviously in Toronto in Canada. I I didn't have any family here. Uh, all my family's in Portugal. I have like third cousins in the States that I barely see, that I barely, you know, even seen as a kid. Um, so I just remember talking shit to his Benfica buddies because here in Toronto, you're mainly Benfica or Porto. There's 
very far few in between in Sportingistas. I remember being like, they would be like, oh, Benfica ganhou contra o Sporting 3-0. I'd be like, oh, mas Benfica é merda. Even as a three-year-old, I remember saying these things. Um, and then, and then my few... You were ready for thinking I was, I was already there, bro. I was like, this was organic. I can't tell, like I said, I can't tell you a moment where I'd be, where I looked and I was like, Sporting's my club. It, it just always was. Um, and then I remember moments like when I was five years old, I remember being at a bar in Toronto, a Portuguese bar, shout out Bilhares Portugal on uh, college, college in Ossington. Shout out little Portugal area for my Torontonians watching this. They already know. I remember being there. I remember my dad, his buddies, my dad going to the bar, getting a beer, like, oh, oh, small, small, what do you want? I remember these things. And then I grow up, I grow up watching mainly, <laughs> I grew up watching mainly hockey, but every now and again, I'll catch a Spartan game and then it'll, it'll, it'll reignite something from me. And then, you know, more and more, I start playing the sport. I, I fall in love with the sport. I fall in love with the teams. I, I, I remember being in 2005, watching us losing uh, at home 3-1 to CSK Moscow. I remember us then watching us losing the league uh, uh, later and, and fully like comprehending it, but still being naive and young enough to not fully like have it register. And it's just, Spartan to me has just been like, it's been a constant in terms of my luso Canadianness. It, it, it's it, a part of it is, is my Spartan Gizmo, you know? Um, and, and not to be too like, too down or too sad but it's true you know when my mom passed one of the things that like really helped me get through it was was even sparking losing it was at least a, a two-hour distraction if not more that was like oh my team's a piece of shit or or my team my team won now oh, i'm happy today you know what i mean like sparking mm -hmm. to me has been like a constant in that and and yeah man that's my not to make it too sad because i don't want to do that but it's true. It's what Sparting means to me. Sparting has just always been there. Win, loss, tie, I don't give a fuck. Like, I bleed Sparting. And, and even the people that know me, like, it, it, it's starting to get to a point that's, like, annoying, where it's, like, the first thing they'll say to me is, like, oh, so how's your Sparting, bro? Or, oh, you're the Sparting guy, da da da, da. And it's like, it's, 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 like, something I wear with pride, but at the same time, like, it could be, like, oh, fuck, that's all you know me for? But it's, it's sick, and, and, and that's what... This podcast has brought me, that's what Sparting has brought me, really. And Sparting, above all, has brought me these, these three here today, but four great friends that if I ever go to New Jersey or Philly or UK or Portugal, like, I'm taken care of, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and it's, it. it's sick, man. Yeah. Viva Sparting. And I can't vouch for you because when we watched the Liverpool game at the Yankee Stadium, this guy wouldn't it up. He knew every song. <laughs> E, e, naquele dia apanhei uma puta de bebedeira. And me and, me and Christian were walking around New York that day, so I was dehydrated as fuck. We get to the stadium, I'm like, all right, $10 beers, fuck it. Boom. Another one, fuck it. Boom. Bro, it was, it was sick. It was really great. It was sick. I that. I was, I was being sneaky, and, you know, I was telling, let me make sure the door is closed. I was telling my wife, hey, I'm going to go upstairs, and I got to go to the bathroom, and then, <laughs> I was buzz as fuck too. Oh my god! Hey, you're the last one, bro, Chris. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I mean, I, I, don't, I have to listen to you because your father's been fiquista, so it's that, this should be interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's a little bit more of an interesting story because I didn't have the classic familiar pulls 
Um, in fact, I had the opposite. Um, I'm sure. I am. I'm so certain of this. I would bet my life on it. In my house, if you go through old photo albums and you find anything before like 2003, I am. I am potentially photographed unconsentedly wearing a Benfica jersey. I'm calling Ooh. child services right now, bro. That right now. <laughs> I. I don't like have a specific picture that I like. It's like, oh yeah, there's that one picture with like Kevin or whatever. It's like I don't have one in mind. But if you hunted through the arc, thank God it's not virtual archives, right? Like <laughs> if I was like a kid that was born in Gen Z, they were the picture would be on Facebook and I'd it'd be permanently there, you know. But this picture exists in like a fucking photo album, so uh, I'm, I'm. We would change your name to Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. at least at least there was a full grown adult that was on this podcast that <laughs> knew what he was doing when he took those pictures. <laughs> yeah. So so my 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 dad and my grandfather. Uh, both Benfiquistas. Those are the main pulls for me, at least on the Portuguese side. My mom is American, and only my dad is Portuguese. So, I basically it's like it's like two worlds, you know, my mom's side and my dad's side. Um, so, I mean, I should have I should have been a Benfiquista, you know, <laughs> probably if like that's what happens to most people, right? Um, but I guess I just never. I guess kind of like what João Castro said. You know how he just was like he's as a youngster he was just a baller, right? And he didn't really he didn't really care so much about um, like liking teams. It's just like I just wanted to play soccer. Um, I I I was playing. I mean, I was good at like at that age. That was probably you know when I was the best. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to play. I didn't I didn't care so much. Obviously, like. It, like access to like the internet and stuff like that was like it was uh, like we had a fucking computer in our house but it was like it's not the internet you know today you know obviously it's more difficult like streaming games and stuff like none of that shit existed so obviously it was more difficult um but i do have like one sp specific memory well for sure for sure ricardo the goalie was one of my favorite players um for sure and then when he, so I think I had became, I was starting to flirt with Sporting Gijmu the season before we went to the Europa League final, which was Ricardo's first season. Because um, he had just signed from Boavista. And I think he, the season before that, he was champion at Boavista. But I, I don't remember Boavista winning the title in real time. I was too young. I was like seven or whatever. I don't have a specific memory of that, but obviously it happened. Um, but yeah, so I was, there's another time I was in Portugal, um, it was probably 2003. Um, and like, we were just like shopping. We were like, uh, like walking through like a feta, you know, some bullshit. Um, <laughs> and like, there's this like, uh, like bootleg, uh, like sporting uh, jersey uh, there. Um, and I'm like to my, to my, to my parents, like, oh, I want this. So my dad's like, well, what do you mean? No, you, no, you can't have that. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, you can't have that. And I remember it was like a big, it was like a big fight because my mom's like, we're on vacation. My right? mom's like, not Portuguese. She's like, what do you, you want this fucking shirt? It's five euros. And what do you mean? What do you mean you can't have it? Like, so I remember like my parents like arguing, like 
in this beta whether or not I could buy or whether or not they could buy for me the like not even legit in any way sporting jersey. Um, I was probably crying too. I don't even fucking know. I just have it's like a repressed memory. And I ended up, I guess my mom ended up winning out in that argument, which is not surprising. Most women usually, yeah. women. <laughs> especially yeah. can tell us. <laughs> yeah. So I got this shirt and I was like, I got this shirt. I love Ricardo. Like I didn't have a specific thing yet, but I had the, the, the underlyings of something, right? That's the next summer. Ricardo does the shit with the gloves off and all that stuff. So I'm now, I'm fucking in. It's over. By 2004, it is now over. Um, and then the next season, I remember the Europa League run very well. I mean, that was, I was, I remember my grandfather picked me up early from school the day of the final um, so that I wouldn't miss any of it. And I just remember, like, after that, just, like, being in this, like, weird, like, trans where I just, like, don't want to talk to anyone, like... It, I guess that was the first, the first feeling. Um, and yeah, I guess um, I love soccer, football. Um, all these things were happening at the same time. My favorite player was on the team. He was doing crazy shit. And uh, I guess from there, it, one thing snowballed into another. And here we are today. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at Chris at the, uh, uh, Philadelphia U- Union game, which actually the game was canceled. Yeah. Of uh, the uh, thunderstorms. They were supposed to play Orlando. Yeah. yeah. They were playing 9 yeah. yeah. I still got his signature. Yeah. <laughs> my jersey. And his father is cool, man. Uh, we spoke for a good like 20 minutes and uh, uh, amazing gentleman. He just, he just picked the wrong team, I must say. <laughs> You, you, his, his Portuguese was impeccable, and uh, uh, we had a great time. Yeah, so he comes from a good family, and uh, Chris just uh, he's just a lot smarter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's also fitting that one of your first memories from Sporting is uh, the heartbreak. Yeah, <laughs> like I you're mean, heartbroken, I'm, and you're like, "Fuck it, I'm all in." <laughs> also, I might add, like. I was like, oh, we just we get to make a run like this every all the time because Portugal <laughs> had just gone to the final. The next True. season, Sporting goes to the final. It's just like we just go to the final every year. Someone goes. <laughs> no, no, it don't work. Little like did that. you know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it don't work like that. By the way, both of those teams went on to lose the final at home. Like, yeah, back to back years. Like, is that something that happens all the time? You just lose the final at home? No, that doesn't happen either. <laughs> <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s when I was like uh, uh, my early teens. And that's when Porto was dominating. Uh, and I clearly remember like in Portugal, uh, a good portion of my family was Portista um, and a good portion Befiquista and a few Sportingistas. Uh, and, and when I was little, I, I didn't like Porto at all because of the Epitorado. Seriously, I remember it. So I, I never, that's why, you know, I've always, I was inclined to sporting because it was, I, I, I looked at sporting as an honest club, a club that we won because we won, not because of favorites. Uh, 
and that that stuck with me. And uh, I didn't re I didn't fully realize the inner workings of Portuguese football and all that until much 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 later on. But yeah, it, like it kind of vindicated my thinking as a kid in that fucking fair as a six years old wanting the stupid shirt. Like it's funny. Like twenty years later, you know, all of that is vindicated. Um. Yeah, because if you if you look at Twitter, Facebook, uh, because we in first place, because we have ten points ahead of uh, Porto, fifteen ahead of Benfica, the only comments they can come up with is. Uh, sporting owes everybody like they don't. That, that's funny when they say that. Uh, and then the other comment is, Epa, já anos. So when somebody tells me that a bifiquista or a portista, já anos, what do we have to do as sportingistas? We have to remind them how they won and they conquered their titles. And that's when they don't like it. Because Portistas, it's easy. A Pintorado, 80, 90. How many, how many cups did, did Pinta Costa win? 20-something? So deduct that. Deduct that from your history, and that's how many titles you really have. They don't like it. Benficistas, you talk about Itupeira, Putas e Vinverde, Viagens ao Brasil, Juiz Comprados, they don't like it either. But so so don't talk about the 19 years that we haven't won the championship because we we will fight back because there's one thing called the internet. All you have to say to Google is Befica Corrupção. You'll have like you'll have like 150 pages of it. <laughs> I mean, as recent as like articles from like this year, <laughs> two weeks ago. Angel. Yeah. Yeah. They just went to dinner or lunch with Luis Vieira. Yeah. Yeah. They have no shame. These, you know, somebody was saying, I Luis Felipe Vieira, he gets the kicked out of Benfica. What's going to happen? A lot of people won't have any, uh, their cars won't have any tires because he's known as o Cadafi dos Pneus. Yeah. And honestly, I wear the, I wear the, the, it can be 40 years, it can be 50 years. I wear that as a badge of honor. I'd never, I never turned away from my club. And, yeah. and quickly, in terms of the Benfica thing and this um, uh, Vitor uh, or Luis Vieira out, buddy, you guys are only clocking in now that Vitor uh, Luis Vieira out, bro. Like we've been saying this for years, he's corrupt. But the one year he's in fifth, it's oh no no no, no Vieira. The PK is dried up this year, and now it's oh, Vieira out. As soon exactly. as VAR came in, they've all changed their tune. And it's, it is a fact. You can pinpoint this the exact moment where they wanted um, him out. And it was literally as soon as VAR came in. I know Benfica still won technically that title. But th since then, it's just... Benfica, when Benfica won the title with that VAR, the VAR was not functioning as a VAR. It was just yeah. an experiment. It was still a trial run. Exactly. Yeah, because the VAR now is for real because now there's rules in place. There's a protocol in place. Yeah, it was just that first year for sure. They have exactly. lines now. They have lines. That's why they Well, there's still some space, but the space has definitely shrunk. Yes. Mm. Like like today's PK for Porto. Yeah, there's still space. There's still space. <laughs> <laughs>
very soft. But, and, and it goes back to, it, it, like I said, it, it, I wear it like a badge of honor. It can be 40, 50, 60 years. We'll still exist. Spartan fans will still exist. Uh, I, I, back to Porto as well, because it's not only a big Fika thing. I know a lot of murmurs between agora, só agora, é que o Pinto Costa está muito velho. Só agora. Espera aí. Quando ganhava, já não estava velho. Espera aí. De... If, if I was... If I was... If I was... 70 anos, não era velho. If I was a Portista, I'm not. That's a good thing. Thank God. If I was Portista, I would be questioning this administration and asking them, why are we broke? Where's the money? Because they've been constantly going to the Champions League. Where the fuck is the money? Porto should be in trouble financially. They should be in a really good position. So, so, so you think about it and you tell yourself, who's been empowered Porto for this long? Pinta Costa. And Pinta Costa he, and all his friends. They, they managed to get themselves in financial fair play somehow. Somehow. Chris, they in trouble. How? How? Uh, exactly. What's the money? Real though? Madrid, like. <laughs> What's the money? I think it was the sale of the kid to Wolves. What's his name? Fabio Silva really helped them out because it was what four. Well, million. they just literally how much spent of all that... that money on the fucking guy they just bought from Gremio, right? It's true. Yeah, yeah. True. And how much but... of that went to agents too? I think like a oh, dude, that like 20% was like, of that. That was the transfer that had the most agent fee. It was like forty percent of the transfer was like exactly female. hilarious. Exactly. It was like forty mil. Porto got like twenty-two. In terms of like, overall, I wouldn't say like the only sort of jealousy, and I wouldn't even call it jealousy. But when I look at so when I was first started watching Portuguese football, when I see Porto with like Falcao, Jackson Martinez, like so many great players, and even Benfica a few years ago when they had like Raul Jimenez and had Jonas and like all these good teams, and even as far back as like Rui Costa. For me, there was that always that I couldn't really go to school and be like, oh yeah, this kid Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, yeah, he's he's all right. But like, but like these 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 like I didn't I didn't really know many Portuguese people, but it was just like they had. So in 2010, it was like Jackson, Falcao, James, um, Hulk when he was still at his prime. Even though he's a rat, but he was a very good player, John Martino. And it's like we really haven't had that major squad. I guess you could really count like 2016 because obviously the Euros with like William and these those people. But like, I'm still waiting for that. And I think it's this year that team that is remembered in like. So like when Nuno Mendes, unfortunately, it's going to happen when he goes to a big team and like um, Braganza and um, all these players who will move up and it's just like they all came. It was it's going to be one of them. It's like it came from us and that was a team. You know, like I know Steph and Christian, you've had the the teams that have ever uh, been in sporting history, but really I've not had that chance yet. But like when I look at this season, this is the season I imagine like going. So I've got the the, the jersey of Coates because he's the captain, and if we win, obviously he'll be lifting it. I bought it for a reason in mind. That one, I love the player, and two, is just like when when like hopefully I have a kid in the future. That is going to be the shirt I say. Oh, this is the shirt I bought because we won the league, and then I could tell him about Coates and Fadal and. Nuno Mendes and all of these players. Like, sorry to interrupt you, Sam. Kawats is really the one player who has bridged that gap between the the pre not 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 only the pre the 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 height of the BDC era, the fallout and the shit fuckery for two years. Now being rewarded, he's the captain on this great team of young players. You know, it's like. 
almost perfect, you know. And, 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 and in the mix of all this, he's not even Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> he's, if he speaks the club more than than Rats do William Carvalho, Podense que vale uma merda. Rui Patrício, que é enorme. Vale uma merda. You know, all the, all, os ratos todos que foram embora. Is uh, from Uruguay. And, and he showed more of a backbone and all these players that came from our academy. So how can we not love this guy? Of course. And it's like one of those players that like my dad talks about. Like um, I'm not comparing the two players, but obviously when my dad grew up, it was like Figo and all these players that were like, like went on to be world-class and like even like the, the early 2000s when you got to see the rise of Ronaldo and players like that. It's like for for me especially because I know you guys are a bit older. You have your your sort of childhood like heroes, but for me, it's like this team is one of the best we ever had. And so, like I said, like I see, say to my kid, "Oh, this this Coates guy, he might not be in like football history, but for us, like the captain and the potentially league winning captain, it's like you know, we I think we're finally gonna have that moment. For me, twenty one years of just constant losing because technically I wasn't really there for that. Oh, was it 0102 because my brain wasn't developed but this will be like the first taste of big success we've ever had and I, I couldn't and, wait and, and to be fair I I while being alive don't really remember it either because like I'm saying my memory started like 2003-2004 um, so like that is always honestly been special to me I'm glad I don't remember the title so because it's been like that would like that wouldn't have been my title you know like I mm -hmm. Like oh I have this faint memory it's like no it's this is a this is this is a drought and this like the first one is gonna be you know this it's gonna be the one and I rem I remember man I remember like the doldrums of like the 2012 2013 um and it's funny because I didn't live sporting the way I live it now because um obviously number one it was more difficult but number two it's like I had like, oh, I have fucking, I play three soccer games a weekend. I have fucking band. I'm in high school. I have like all these extracurricular things. It's like, I didn't always have time to watch the game, but I'd always follow. And now it's like seventh, sixth, fourth, third, third. Like knowing one day, like this is going to pay off. And like, it's tough to fully appreciate it in the moment. And I try to do it, but it's like, it feels surreal that it's like this thing that I've like built up in my head all this time. It's like literally unfolding in real time, you know? It's going to be crazy. It, like, <laughs> it, and it is if, because like, yeah. as, much as, as much as I don't want to be jinx it, but like, it's still an if at this point. Like Amarine says, one game at a time, one game at a time. Yeah. But but, we're nearly there. All I have to say is if we can make it to Portugal because of the COVID-19, and Portugal is not really um, in, a, in a good spot at the moment. Uh, I mean, the U.S. is getting a little bit better. The numbers are declining now. There's less cases of coronavirus. So that's a good sign. Uh, I mean, like, I've been vaccinated. I've gotten the two shots. So it's going to the public in my state, I think, mid-March. Because it goes by state in the U.S. Let's not forget it's 50 states. Um, so if we're not able to go to, to Portugal in May, um, you know, we got to do something in in, uh, in our 
North America side, it's going to be difficult for, for Sam. But I think it's feasible. Book a fucking restaurant and celebrate and... Uh, and then, I mean, Newark, Newark, New Jersey is like Portuguese capital, I think. Yeah. North America, not. yeah. So, yeah. listen, if, if borders... Yo, I, you guys want to come to Newark. <laughs> I got a small apartment, but listen, bring the sleeping bag. If, if, <laughs> if borders are open for my Canadian ass, I'm fucking there at least. At least. I need to be around Sportingistas. I need to kiss around them fucking person. Boy. Yeah. I mean, it's called uh, 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 I think it's filial 22 or 23. So uh, I'll check it out if they throw in a party and then if we can basically go with them. But they have so many restaurants and I know so many of them. We can we can easily book one and, and celebrate it together. Mm -hmm. so we got we to gotta get there first. We got to get there first. You got to get there first. <laughs> so that, you have time to become a pilot. <laughs> you you just need to have me on like the face part just at the end of the table. Months, just... bro, I would not get on that. Place. At the end of the table, <laughs> no, I'll just be there on like FaceTime, just pretending to like hear everything you say, but just like celebrating in the corner. Listen, I'm going to rush around and celebrate, even if it's just me and my son. I'll make him go. <laughs> That's sick. Uh, I know a few people. Paul Kost is from Newark. Uh, yeah, he was just saying. From Newark, so if I talk to them, Vitor Pino uh, is the, he's also from New Jersey. So there's quite a few sporting issues that I know, Luis. Uh, yeah, so, so it should be a good time. Oh, Bruno, Bruno Ferreira, my friend Portista, that we don't, we don't talk that much. His father's Portista, I'll invite him. O, o pai, yeah, exatamente. O pai pode vir. <laughs> e, e, e a mulher, o mulher do Richard Teixeira também, já agora, também esportivista, yeah, não é? I'm, I'm, I'm really good friends with, uh, with uh, his family, and, and he's uh, an amazing, amazing esportivista. She became esportivista because of her aunt that uh, already passed away. Um, R.I.P. to her. Yeah, so she's, but she's not, she, she's Portuguese, she's not, you know, like diehard and crazy, but he is. She, she says all the time, you're so Portuguese. And Bishop Teixeira, I don't know why he's Portista, but the last name Teixeira kind of insults him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. I like Fitch. He's a good guy. I do too. He's, he's just, he banters us too much, bro. <laughs> I know, but, but I'm always busting his balls because uh, from the other side of the family, which Juan Yanina, they be fictitious, but good ones, good ones. And uh, every time they babysit the kids, they put uh, Befica jerseys on them and they take pictures of Facebook. <laughs> and I'm always busting his balls. What's, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we're still live. Oh, my God. We're still live. I know. We've been shooting the shit. In the yeah. summer, we need to just do a, a podcast where we just shoot the shit. Yeah. yeah this has yeah. been great. This has been great. It's like two parts of this podcast. It's yeah, it's one like the, the part and then the other part. Yeah, you know what we should do? Exactly what you just said, and then we just yeah. let fans jump in too. You know, jump in for five minutes, and then don't have a dedicated topic. Just everyone yeah. just yeah. talk, yeah, thing, anything. If you want to talk about, I don't know, the nineteen eighties, yeah, fuck it, go ahead. If you want to talk about now, if you want to talk about, I don't know, the academy volleyball, whatever. Like, I think it's it's a good idea. We just go on for two hours, three hours, however long it takes us, like no set time limit. Let's go for I it. I mean, we, we bought Steam Yard. This, this thing goes for however long. 
I just might need to take a pee break every yeah. now and again, like I just did. But I mean, it, if if you know how small my bladder is, and and David, by the way, if you want to join us, it might be the only time you ever see a Sporting win the league. So I mean, I know you're Sporting Club Braga, but they mugs. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll finish second. You know, that's worth a celebration too. Uh, I just take a little shot because Braga pisses me off sometimes. Braga was the filial of Sporting a long time ago, and they get a green flag actually. I want them to finish second. If you go me back, too. I'll say that now too. Me if too. you go back to their history, you'll see Sporting Club Braga filial Sporting with a green flag. I don't know why they had the best bad taste of switching to red. I don't know. Every now and again, they'll throw in an alternate jersey that's like green. So you know, it's all right. <laughs> Dave is one of the guys, and Bragg has been box their own thing. They're not that big bitches anymore, uh, and that's the way to go. If Bragg wants to be respected and potentially win a league one day, I don't think this year will be the one. Uh, they they have to, you know, focus on themselves. But Salvador has been doing some amazing deals for them. Fox, that's Fox. I mean, I don't if they, money because we don't pay them, but you know, uh, they, they will have a, a lot of money. So they they, they sold three count for how much for how much to Barcelona? Twenty five, something like that. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they just sold somebody else uh, for a bunch of money as well. So and and this uh, Bella Ruiz kid from Barcelona's academy that they got from Trincao looks he looks like a baller, bro. I, I don't think he scored that many goals this year, but next year I think he's gonna he's gonna cause the Portuguese league some problems. I mean, if they keep on to, to Ricardo Horta, um, I mean, Fran Sergio, say what you want about the guy, he's a solid addition in midfield. I actually, it's funny, me and Dave actually talk a lot even on on the DMs on on Twitter because. Like you said, stuff. He's a great guy. He's like he's a Braga fan, but he's a great Nietzsche yeah, as well. Yeah. He fucks. Yeah. He loves the Portuguese. This guy will randomly tweet about the fucking Tondela against um, Pas, uh, not even Pas Freira, against like a Boa Vista, a random fucking game, which is amazing, man. It's it's. I mean, it's good for the league. It's good for us, you know. I like him because he's a Braga fan. He's not a Braga. Me too. He's a Braga fan. That's it. That's what I like. Uh, you know, someone that sticks to his guns. Um, you know. Okay. So that's it. Snow and All right, boys. That's podcast a hundred. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this from the beginning to the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, not only for this podcast, but for the last a hundred podcasts of Sparkling 160 And I think it's been like 120, I want to say in total, in terms of like Sparkling updates. I think. Uh, I don't know the yeah. exact number, but I think it hit like 20, 22, like 23, something around that. Yeah, you're right. 23, we stopped. Yeah. Facts, facts. Um, next week, I won't, I won't announce. We might have a good guest. It depends on scheduling, but uh, I, haven't, I haven't went through it. I haven't asked him yet, so I'm going to ask him today uh, or tomorrow. Uh, but well, I think we'll have a good guest for the Porto, uh, for the Porto highlights pre, uh, match. Uh, next week, hopefully, it means we're 13 points clear uh, of Porto. Oh, still 10. Um, we're still 10, but hopefully by next week, we'll be 13. Of Hopefully, we're 18 of Benfica. Hopefully, they lose. I believe they play Guimarães. Am I not? Am I wrong there? I'm not sure. Is it Guimarães? I think they have a tough game. It might be Braga. I know Braga. they have a tough game, at least. I think it's Braga. One of our fans will let us know. It's Rio Ave. It's Rio Ave. Rio Ave. Yeah. Pronto. 
a, a tough game nonetheless. And and the front line is all Sporting, so hopefully they fucking win us the the, the fucking mm-hmm. eighteen point advantage right there. But until then, guys, thank you everybody for joining us. I won't even go through the chat because there's so many of you guys. Um, um forte abraço, um, um forte abraço, um grande beijinho por todos. Um, viva o Sporting! We'll see you for episode one hundred one, and uh, hopefully we're we're sorry. My dad was actually just celebrating right now as I said viva Sporting, and hopefully <laughs> we're we're title contenders at the end of this. Uh, yeah, nothing more, guys. Viva Sporting! Another great podcast, and, and shout out to everybody. Shout out to us four and us five Nando watching uh, for another one hundred with Sporting one hundred and sixty. En, let's go, rep that shit. Let's go. <laughs>